0: Hewler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: What's going on Steelers Nation Radio? 3 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. That could only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for three hours here on SNR. But we have got a special guest. Not even a uh, a guest. I don't know if that's fair. That's not doing this guy his uh, his due diligence. He is part of the family here on SNR from DK Pittsburgh Sports from the Locked on Steelers podcast. You've heard him with me here on the show before uh, now you're going to hear him all week. In for Arthur Motes, it is Christopher Carter on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. What's happening, partner? What's up, Wes Euler? It is so good to be back on some SNR. We have uh, we have got a bunch going on this week. As always, buddy, it's still training camp on the North Shore at Heinz Field. So like always here in about, uh, uh, what, minutes or so here on the program. We will hear from Mike Tomlin as always. We bring you his post-practice availability live every single day right here on SNR. Before we get to Mike Tomlin, Chris, Mm -hmm. I I, I wanted to start with just a real basic question for you. Sure. Aside from the health of Ben Roethlisberger, right? Because that's low-hanging fruit, of course. Um, and you know what? You and I could sit here and we could make a fair argument that, you know what? For pretty much all 32 NFL teams, the health of the quarterback is X factor number one. Yeah, it's A1. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. Um, so aside from the health, the availability, the um, recovery of Ben Roethlisberger. And the rhythm of him getting and, back. And his daughter. return to form in this 2020 season. So aside from that. Uh, biggest storyline, biggest X factor, biggest um, thing that the Steelers' success hinges upon, in your mind, as we stand here today, the last day in August. So one thing that I remind people is
2: that back in when the Steelers won their last Super Bowl in 2008, their offense was ranked 16th, while their defense was ranked number one. Hmm. If this offense does come out slow and does and, and and takes some time to get it together, but ultimately you know puts up enough points to keep them in games. You know, if they rank around 16, what's going to carry this team is that this defense is legitimately the best defense in the NFL. And I think that they have an even better chance of doing that, considering you have right now, last year, they're coming off their third straight season of leading the NFL in sacks, which has never happened for any team Mm -hmm. in the history of the NFL since they've started recording sacks in the 80s. But on top of that, they led the NFL in forced turnovers. That was with no offense feeling any pressure to have to run the score up or to catch up in the score to Mason Rudolph or Devlin Hodges. Very few leads
1: that they were uh, holding on to last season.
2: Exactly. They did all those turnovers without being able to pin their ears back and say, let's get ready for the pass. Let's look for the deep ball. Right. Or a
1: fourth-quarter situation where the Steelers are up nine points. Mm -hmm. There's four and a half minutes left in the game. You know the other team has to start throwing the ball. Exactly. I think that right now... It's obvious that the defense is going
2: to be very good, but for this team to get where it needs to be, they need to be great. I think West they can be, and they, I think they will be, which is why I'm very high on the Steelers this year. So when you hear people like Colin Coward saying the Steelers are going to be last place in the AFC North, and we hear people saying oh they're going to go five and eleven, they're gonna get the worst, they got the worst quarterback in the division, just just marinate and all that. Just like okay, just like all right, fine. I'm loving, I'm loving these moments where you're doubting the Steelers because going into week 10, if they have seven or more wins, as I think they will by that time that time, and as so long as everyone stays healthy, I think everyone's going to be looking around, and those same people who were saying, oh, the Steelers didn't stand in chance, they'll say, oh, we always
1: knew that the Steelers <laughs> were going to be great. They're the Steelers. They're always in competition. Can't you, can't you see the Colin Cowherd monologue now of, come on, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Exactly. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Every, everybody knew that they were going to win double-digit games this year. Like It's obvious. I, mean, I don't know how they're – somehow I turned from Colin Cowherd into like – Shay, you, <laughs> you know, like every old timey impersonation ever. But I think you were picking up what I was putting down no, there. No, I, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You can you can see that coming from from a mile away. Of oh, well, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, look at Mike Tomlin. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Look at the Steelers organization: stability, continuity. Ah, oh, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, you're you're right. I can see that. Um. I don't even know if he'd be backpedaling, but just it'd be like a like a hard left turn or a hard right turn. I can see, see that coming. He
2: doesn't backpedal. He just doesn't acknowledge that he was f- going forward. He just <laughs> he's just going in a different direction, and he's like, "What do you mean I said that? I don't <laughs> care. I didn't ever say that. You can't prove it. Oh, there's a video? Who cares? Um, you know, it, I, I I think that's the thing that we're looking at right now is that there's a lot of people that because it, it's cool to, to to believe in the young quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson was just right. MVP. Baker Mayfield has swagger, whatever.
1: Um, and Joe Burrow, Chris. I don't know if you saw over the weekend. And I mean, he was carrying uh, duffel bags and, and sleds, you know, mm. out at practice. So he's he's putting in that work oh, even as a gosh. rookie. You know, he's got the right attitude.
2: Right, right. It's like so we're we're believing all these hype about these young quarterbacks, but in a year without a rookie camp, without a mini camp, mm-hmm. with a weird training camp, with no preseason 900 games, nine hundred
1: less snaps, Mike Tomlin estimated exactly. this offseason. Yep.
2: And with all of that, you think the lesser experienced players are going to get an advantage? I'd see – that's where I think things are are, going to really play in the Steelers' favor. And I think that, again, the defense being great, that is key number one to this team winning. If they're great and then the offense – again, I think if the offense ranks at 16th, I think that they'll rank up higher. I think they'll be closer to the top 10 this year with the talent that they have and Ben talking about the way he's talking about his arm right now. If he's legitimately like that and like that going forward for a long time, I I think we're seriously looking at a situation where the Steelers – are winning the AFC North and put making a serious push in the playoffs barring you know everyone all the major pieces are healthy.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good call by you. If the Steelers defense is I mean, let's just say in the 10 to 15 range. Mhm. 12, 13, 14, something like that. Yeah. 11 the defense is top three. I mean, that the Steelers are going to win double-digit bl- games and make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they just are. Because mm-hmm. you're right. Because the, you know that the talent level is there on defense. Yep. If we're telling you right now that the Steelers are going to have the 11th best offense in the league, I think it's safe to assume that Ben Roethlisberger played 16 games yep. or at least pretty darn near close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certainly a lot of, you know, there's there's some, I wouldn't say a lot of, there's some what-ifs in there. Not a lot of what-ifs, but there's certainly what-ifs in there But those are more manageable than other teams' what-ifs, Chris. I I really do think so because, again, every team in the NFL is having this hypothetical okay as long as we stay healthy conversation, Mm -hmm. right? Because everybody gets hurt, and and (laughs) it's the National Football League. You know, It's, it's it's an old cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you get hurt in the National Football League if you're fortunate enough to have a long enough career in the NFL. that's why I do think, Chris, with a lot of these conversations, we just almost have to assume health, right? Because we could sit here for three hours and say, oh, well, what about Ben Roethlisberger? Well, what about James Conner? Well, what about, you know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. you could do that, like I said, with almost every... Team in the National Football League, right? The New Orleans Saints lost Drew Brees for five games last year. Now, Mm -hmm. fortunately, they had Teddy Bridgewater step in and go five. And oh, what if the New Orleans Saints? What if Brees misses five games again? Exactly. Now, I guess they have Jameis Winston to step in again too. They have another pretty good instead of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you get my point. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just every team has those type of what if concerns. What if Deshaun Watson misses four games for the Houston Texans? I mean, you know what I mean. What if Derrick Henry misses four, five, six games for the Tennessee Titans? There, there are those concerns everywhere for every team I think when you have these type of conversations you have to kind of alleviate those concerns go with what you know and I think you nailed it there a top 15 offense a top three defense and this Steelers team is is going to be where they want to be at the end of the regular season and and that's in the playoffs I agree And, and another thing to look at with
2: this defense is how many young quarterbacks they're playing they open this season against Daniel Jones, second year quarterback. Yep. Against Drew Locke, second year quarterback. Hosting Deshaun Watson, guy who's in his, who's who's still on his rookie deal but uh but, but looking looking good there. Ryan Tannehill, okay, veteran. Carson Wentz coming off his rookie deal fine. Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, yep. Joe Burrow, Gardner Minshew, uh Lamar Jackson again. Uh uh, uh what's his face? Dwayne Haskins, Josh Allen. Back to Joe Burrow. Then you get Phillip Rivers, who they haven't lost to since, like, 2013. <laughs> and then you bring back It's Baker like you and court. I
1: were still in college.
2: Right, exactly. Oh, and I forgot they do They do face Dak Prescott. I skipped one. But point being, a lot of these quarterbacks are extremely young, and it's going to be interesting to see how how that works on an offense that's still dealing with a, an offseason that lost close to a 1,000 snaps.
1: Chris Carter, he is in for Arthur Motes all week. Follow him on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. You can find me, at Wesley Euler. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions over the next 180 minutes. That is where you chime in. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we will hear from head coach Mike Tomlin. We'll hear from the sideline boss, uh, as he, uh, as we do, I should say, pardon me, every day as he wraps up practice. Uh, just a little housekeeping for you in case you missed it. Not practicing today, Dave DiCastro, the rookie, Anthony McFarland, and Cam Canaday in pads uh, back. Some guys that have had injury concerns, missed some time. Deontay Johnson, Ryan Switzer, Vance McDonald, uh, Edmonds, and Wormley all back practicing today. So we will hear from Mike Tomlin, his post-practice availability as the boss wraps up uh, another day down at Heinz Field. We will do that on the other side. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, rocking with you on a Monday. at Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. We are standing by, waiting for the captain the uh, the bench boss the sideline maestro oh, captain, I'm my captain. I'm all I'm all out of nicknames but Mike Tomlin <laughs> uh, you know the drill he speaks about this time after practice gives us a uh, a wrap up of daily practice let me ask you this chris yeah. um tangible or something that we've just kind of uh put out there to make ourselves feel better sports fans and steelers fans uh the continuity between so many of the staff members And Mike Tomlin, and uh, let's be honest, a a roster that, I mean, you know, your leader on offense is Ben Roethlisberger, a guy who's in his 16th season. Your your leader on defense is Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden, guys that have a a decade of experience in this league. Uh, You've got Kevin Colbert, right, who's worked with Mike Tomlin and been a part of the organization for two decades. The Rooney family, obviously, we know how long and what an institution and the continuity that they have had with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh Uh-huh. Real tangible benefit for the Steelers in a, uh, just a, (laughs) I'm the first person to use this word all year, unprecedented time. Oh, no one said that one. Oh, gosh. Is that going to be a real tangible benefit for the Steelers? That continuity—they're not trying to bring in a new coach and a new quarterback absolutely. and work a new system. That is absolutely
2: tangible because now most players again—you got with those veteran leaders in the locker room—they know what the expectation is. There's no question as far as how much of the playbook they got to know or how much of the playbook they will know. It is always there, and and also having a coach that you believe in and and, and, that, and that that you know believes in you is a huge part of this. Mason Rudolph said last year, "Mike Tomlin is a leader of men." Mm. That that that's not just him that's that resonates around the locker room even guys that leave there after a season say mike Tomlin's a great coach i would work for him any day of the week that is the level that is the level of trust and understanding you see from from the from the roster to the to the coaches to the staff i mean heck over the weekend vince williams was simply talking about being able to yeah. speak your mind he said i can go to anyone including mr rooney himself and 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 have a conversation with him and know that it's that it's trusted there and 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 there's that there's that there's that sense of, of comfortability there but when it comes to making plays in the field and trusting who's going to be there and trusting you know when you're coming in every week sure. everyone knows what the deal is and what the expectations are for every meeting absolutely that's an advantage and that's what I'm talking about is it's not just that oh uh, you know these young quarterbacks just they're too dumb or too young to learn it it's that <laughs> it takes time to come in every day to learn your reads and then to process them and then as the game is moving so fast you got big people coming after you chasing you down you've Got three different things to check off for just one player that you have to think think about targeting. Let alone your running back or your second receiver or your tight end or your or your third receiver. You know you've got all these things that you got to check off, and then there's there's knowing what the what the other defense does. When you have everything behind you that, that's been there and it's solidified and there's a strong foundation, absolutely that's an advantage and that's a benefit. There's no And that's tangible, that's real, that's that's seeable, and that's something that you could see every day it's with It's not made sealers. up. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It, it, I, I'm with you on that. I think sometimes we do do that thing as fans, Chris, where we try and pull mm-hmm. – um, things that aren't tangible, right. you know what I mean? We well, try, that's we, we try and pull things to make us feel better about our team's chances, or oh, when, when this happens, we got this going for us. Mm-hmm. But I really do think, I mean, man, it's 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 not just the the rookie minicamps and minicamp and OTAs and 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 the normal training camp. It's not just the four or what would have been five preseason right. games for the Steelers. Right. Uh, I, I mean, there is a lot of minutiae. <laughs> that mm. goes into being Look a success. Look at you a, a with the success- SAT hey. uh, a six, uh, Listen, I got to bring my A game when I'm with you, all right? Yeah. Just so people don't know this, all oh, right? God. Chris has a law degree. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> from the University of Pittsburgh. Woo! Okay. I, it took me 10 semesters, you do the math on that one, to graduate from WVU. That's five years. <laughs> with a broadcasting degree. Okay? Wow. So 10 semesters to graduate from WVU with a broadcasting degree. Wow. Pitt law degree. Uh, I gotta be on my game here, all right. When I'm sharing microphones with, with Christopher well, Carter, okay. So really, when you think
2: about it, I so you did ten semesters. I did fourteen over between Cheney University and uh, and the University of Pittsburgh School mm-hmm. of Law. What do those numbers get really close to? Is, is, is oh, it, yeah. Ah, uh, some 13-9 jokes, baby! Uh, Let's go! go. It's just my first show at Weston. I got I a mean, 13-9 I joke. I should have known that <laughs> that wasn't taking
1: very long. I should have I known that that was coming at some point today. H, H2P. Uh, Chris, what was also coming at some point today, head coach Mike Tomlin. He is taking the podium right now. So we're going to turn things over to Mike Tomlin real quick before I do so. A reminder that Steelers training camp media availabilities all the audio we play here on SNR throughout training camp throughout the month of August, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's head coach Mike Tomlin.
3: In those situations on offense, you get new sets of downs or you're ringing the scoreboard up by seven. And on defense, you win those downs, you get off the field, and that's where good defense has been a great deal of time. So it was good to sharpen the iron on the iron on those uh, areas of emphasis today. It was good work. We'll review the tape and, and proceed with our work week. Um, from an injury standpoint, um, got a number of guys working their way back to us and, and, and participating. Sweetson was back out there today. Smallwood was back out there today. Uh, we'll continue to manage some, some of the other day-to-day like things. Uh, warmly worked in a limited capacity, um just another good football day, man. Uh, and those days are getting scarce as we push into September. We recognize that we got to get stadium ready. And so we're working with a great deal of urgency. Questions?
4: First question, Mark Caboli. Mark,
3: go ahead. Hey, Mike.
5: Uh, sure seemed like your receivers had a pretty good day today. Is this the time and – Mark, were you there?
4: Okay, we'll move on to Jeff Hathorne. Jeff, go ahead.
6: Hey, Mike, I just wanted to ask you about uh, John Thompson and what it was that you took from him as a coach that sticks with One
7: second, you. A
4: second,
5: All right, can you hear me? Gotcha.
4: Oops,
5: hold on a second my earphone. <laughs> this is a mess. My earphone found. All right, Mike. Uh, <laughs> it seems like uh, hey, your receivers look like they had a pretty good day today. Is this the time at, uh, in camp where you, you tend to see the receivers and the quarterbacks getting some cohesion?
3: You know, it, it's a known fact that office of, co- office of cohesion probably takes a little longer than defensive cohesion. The timing and the, and the ability to, to get a sense of that timing and work collectively is much more important than We've had a number of guys miss time due to natural things that this process presents. So, um, you know, it's good to see those guys coming together, and I'm not surprised that maybe sometimes defensive collective maturation happens a little faster. Okay, we'll go back to Jeff Hathorne. Jeff, go
6: ahead. Hey, Mike, I wanted to ask you about John Thompson and what really just stuck out to you on the way he coached, and what is something that maybe that he did that sticks with you?
3: You know, just as a Virginia boy growing up in the 80s, man, I, I had the Georgetown starter jacket, man. I was a Hoyer. Um, I, I think it also was just impressive the impact he had in the lives of the of the young people that he worked with, two of which were from my home area. Alonzo Morning is a couple years older than me, and Allen Iverson is a couple years behind me. So as a Virginia boy from that part of the state, um, I just had a big-time appreciation not only for his coaching prowess and reputation and record, but how he moved in the lives of the young people that he worked with. And then as I got older and got into the profession of coaching, um, particularly here in Pittsburgh, um, he was a mentor, if you will, a guy that had been there and done that. And I just appreciated the times I had a chance to visit with him and, and glean some of his wisdom.
4: Next up, Mike Pursuta. Mike, go ahead.
3: Mike, we didn't see Castro out there. Can you, clar- decla- can you clarify his status? Yeah, he's just dealing with a, with a lower body injury, man. We're managing it. He's managing it. Hopefully, he'll be back out there soon. Joe Rudder. Joe, go ahead. Anything specific you uh, wanted to see from Bud after the year he had last year? What can he build on in your eyes? You know, more significant playmaking, um, ball awareness-type things, uh, continuing to build upon the natural trajectory that his career has taken. Uh, one thing about his performances is it's been continually improving over the, over the course of his stay here. And so it's reasonable to expect that to continue. He's always highly conditioned. Um, he's gaining experience with each and every snap and he's a hardworking guy. Next up, Brooke Pryor. Brooke, go ahead.
8: Mike, not having Ryan Chazier here because of the COVID restrictions, keeping some guys, you know, non-essential guys from the facility, what do you miss when you don't have him kind of around the team day to day?
3: You know, Ryan is not missing because of COVID. Ryan is focused on some transitional things in his life and that's where his focus is right now. And he has my and our full support uh, in terms of that. I hope that he's gonna have some time for us in the future But as he lays the foundation for the rest of his life, man, that's where he's focusing his energies. Next up, Mike Astey. Mike, go ahead.
4: Okay, moving on. Follow-up from Mark Caboli. Mark, go ahead.
5: Hey, Mike, I see you're able to work in Derek Watt a little bit today, uh, maybe a little bit at the end of the line. Is the tight end a position? where he's capable and intrigues you a little bit maybe in those situations? Uh, Derek is a tight end? Derek is, you know, in goal line, end of the line type of stuff.
3: Now He's been playing exclusively F for fullback for us. Sometimes that position is not always in the backfield or behind the quarterback, but that's, that's what he plays for us. Next up, Jerry Dulac. Jerry, go ahead.
5: Uh, Mike, I'm just curious about your relationship with John Thompson. Did you seek him out as you got older and into the profession or were the immediate <laughs> circumstances? Absol-
3: Absolutely. I sought him out. <laughs> you know, uh, you're wise to, to seek wise counsel. Um I enjoyed every time I had an opportunity to go to the DC area uh, and play, whether it was Washington or, or Baltimore, I look forward to calling into his show. I called him just for an opportunity to, to spend a few moments with them. Another shot for Mike Asti. Mike, go ahead.
4: Okay, Mark Caboli with a follow up. Mark, go ahead.
5: Well, I didn't actually, actually have one. I didn't lower, <laughs> right, lower my hand, so I apologize.
4: Okay, moving along here. We have Brian Batko. Brian, go ahead.
6: Yeah, Mike, you got me? Yes. All right, I uh, just wanted to ask about Terrell Edmonds. Is he one of those guys working his way back in as well? I, I think he hasn't practiced since maybe the 21st or so from what we've seen.
3: Yeah, he worked today, um, and he's in that group. I didn't necessarily mention all of the guys. Um, Deontay Johnson is another one. Um, you know, it's a lot of things that come with training camp, um, injuries, lack of availability in the short term from a short-term standpoint, and a lot of those guys are just – Working their way back into action, and we're glad that they are. All right. Last one. Jerry, do you have a follow up?
5: I, I do, coach. So you would call John Thompson's radio show? Was that your first exposure to him?
3: Absolutely. <laughs> 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 call the coach, man. <laughs> Did
5: you ever talk to him on, like, uh, just, you know, one on one, a personal conversation yes. after that? Yes.
7: Okay. Thanks, Mike. All
1: right. Thank you, everyone. Head coach Mike Tomlin there with the media today after practice. Another padded practice, the last one for August down at Heinz Field. Remember, Steelers Training Camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Going to take another break, but we'll discuss some of what Coach Tomlin just said there on the other side. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: The Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold,
1: SNR. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz wrapping up the first hour of the program. A uh, couple reminders here. Get your tweets in as the show rolls along. You can find us there at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. Um, also, our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, I know you're very tapped into just—I mean—the football landscape in general in Pittsburgh. The Steelers. Mm-hmm. You're now covering Pitt. Uh, yeah. Sorry, condolences. Hey, see, yeah, there's there's hey, there's your payback. there's there's my there's my joke. After you got your <laughs> your 13 to nine joke in, in the last segment, um, biggest thing that you. Uh, you know what? Let me reword that. From a, from a rookie standpoint with the Steelers, Ooh. more intrigued at this point to uh, – and let's stick with the offense first. More intrigued to see what Anthony McFarlane can offer or to see if Chase Claypool is really as good as advertised?
2: Uh, Chase Claypool, 100%. Like, just everything I hear about this guy. What I watched him in college at, at Notre Dame, I saw the deep ball. I saw that he could hit the middle of the field and put on some good moves. But he wasn't asked to do it a whole lot. So hmm. I was wondering... How's that going to transition in the NFL? Because you can't just do one thing in the NFL. You got to like people who for used sure. to call Mike uh, Mike uh, Wallace a one trick pony.
1: One trick ponies don't last. Right. They don't they, have decade long careers in the oh, NFL. Right.
2: And that's the thing is that like Mike Tomlin said that to to motivate him and to and to make Mike to Mike Mike Wallace mad and to like you know kind of you know be a coach in that moment. Right. But he, pushes buttons. You know? Right. I mean because like because some of those plays that 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 he took for ninety yards were slants, not just go routes. You know he did he did lots of different things. Um, so, I think that Chase Claypool showing that he's already not a one trick pony. He doesn't just go up and get the ball or doesn't just burn by people. he's 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 making people miss. he's he's crossing up people in, in the open field um that's a that's a sign to me that's a really big sign that this guy could be a number a future number one receiver in the NFL and that's considering that you have Deontay Johnson who everyone's talking about is going to be a number one receiver and Juju Smith-Schuster who you could say was on his way to being that before Ben Roethlisberger got hurt last year um and Juju Smith-Schuster is now is still the youngest player in NFL history to get 2,000 receiving yards in his in his career um you know that's that's a lot of talent. I and mean, then still James Washington, who I haven't seen number one ta- talent right. on him yet, but he's a solid number two, and he led the Steelers in receiving last year. And he so-
1: offers he offers a solid skill set in the sense that, at least as it stands right now, he is their best deep threat. Right, he is their exactly. best
2: long ball receiver. Like like, hey, we're we're launching a forty yard bomb. We need you to win the jump ball. James Washington can go and get them. Right. And what's crazy is it looks like Claypools can go up and get them too. So,
1: um, and that's an I'm, important – got to have that – you yes. hear it, it's
2: cliche, but you have to have the stretch the defense, stretch the field guy. Yep, and, and that's what I think that they've been missing. That's why I thought it was vital that they get a Martavis Bryant or keep a guy mm-hmm. like, like that around. Not necessarily partic- in particular Martavis Bryant. Right, Bryan you're himself. just talking about the type. Right, just a which Mike Claypool Wallace. Which uh, Which a Claypool could easily Even be with this better. team. And, right, I mean, I thought that was what Dion Kane was looking like. He mm-hmm. could at least be not a guy that you put on the field all the time, but hey – when we're going four wide, he's lining up outside, and his number job, one job is a nine round. Mm-hmm. and just go get it. Mm-hmm. And and if you beat your man, Ben will t- toss it to you. Um, Chase looks like he could line up outside, line up inside, do all these different things. That's what everything's everyone's saying about him and what he's going to get the football. Um, I, you know, and, and full transparency here, I still haven't even seen a practice. I'm just hearing what the people <laughs> that, that that go to see. Like I talk to Dale Lolly every day, to, sure. and you know, we do our, our DK Steelers podcast where uh, where we're talking on the on on there go ahead subscribe to us on that as well but um you know we talk about it and what his readouts are like no chris this this guy's for real we were just on channel 11 last night on the final word and it was asked of us you know humble like, brag you know, what, no big deal you
1: know, humble brag you and know listen folks only 50 percent of this show right now has a face good enough for channel 11 oh, all right it, it's, it's not me you're cute enough <laughs> stop it but anyways um, but the point being, you
2: know, it was asked of us, and we were like, "Oh no, Chase is going to play. Maybe not start, but he's going to yeah. get snaps because the Steelers see the talent." Randy Feenstra said that. Yeah. So uh, look, look out for Chase Claypool. I'm ex- I'm intrigued by Anthony McFarlane. Everything I've read about, I loved his college tape. I thought he was so underrated. Same here. Um, I-, I thought when they snagged him, like that's a good pick. Um, and I- I'm not saying he's going to take over for Connor this year, but I am saying that he's going to be pushing for some of those backup backup reps. And they're gonna find the way to get the ball in his hands and let him be electric in
1: space, and that's where he's uh, where that's where he's his talent is. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Let me ask you this then. Yeah. I posed this question last week uh, to Arthur Moats, to our buddy Brian Backo of the Post Gazette. If you were and I don't know, maybe you are. are. you a gambling man, Chris Carter? Poker, not sports. Okay. See, Moatsy and I we're, we got a little degenerate tendencies. Okay, <laughs> let me just tell you, I hit a nice—I hit a nice parlay. There you go. Shout out to the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders on Saturday. Nice little, nice little parlay over the mm. weekend. Uh, we like, you know, Moatsy and I—we do a little, a little gambling segment on Fridays called "Show Me the Money." you right. know, In honor of Jerry, like, Jerry Maguire and I'll Tom make, Cruise. I'll make picks. I just, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I'm not, hey, I'm not one of these guys over here. It is not a—you're uh, not betting on uh, Australian horse racing. Right, I'm not. You know, during the pandemic when we didn't have sports, I wasn't like you know scratching my neck as I like as I bet on Russian ping pong. And I hardly ever, Chris. Most of the bets that I make are ten dollars, fifteen dollars. Right, like, right. I'm, Nothing huge. I'm, I'm not. You know, it's just it's just something I enjoy doing. It's a fun element of our show. Yeah. Um, it could be a piece of content in some ways as well too. And I think Moats and I, you know, we've been doing this for two years now, where we do kind of the gambling segment on Fridays. Pick them. Mm and two straight years we've had winning records picking our our games on the show so mm. you know if you're throwing 5 bucks 10 bucks down with us you know you make a little extra lunch money mr carter mm. um so you know if you were uh if, if i laid out a scenario before you right i sure. gave you one chip one gambling chip and right. i said that either or maybe not either who who would be the better the better way to describe this who has more rushing yards this year james conner okay or the rest of the steelers running backs combined you taking James Conner, or you taking the field
2: combined? Who are you putting your chip down on? I'm taking James Conner. I, I really think he's going to be healthy this year. Uh, it was apparent that he's been putting in the work. We haven't heard of him being injured in this training yep. camp much. Um, I, I think that that's going to lead to them using him. He's he's the RB one. I think Snell. Is he's
1: that. He's the he's the wild card for me. Yeah,
2: because like think he, he could really take off. He this year. he could take off this year. And, and if, this isn't a knock on any of those guys. I just know I just saw James Conner. Even with the limited amount of production that he was able to put up last year, you saw him making catches out in space and, and, and with Devlin Hodges. Like that, that catch against the Chargers, yeah. uh, and the touchdown he scored there. And I think were, he did another one against the Rams. Those were special plays. Like he he did that very well. If he's doing that for Ben, he's going to get more production that way. And, and th- again, this is not to say that Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland are going to aren't going to get their shots. Right. And, you know. You know. Or if the you know whoever makes it out of uh, Jalen Samuels, Kareth White and um, help me out with the uh, Wendell Smallwood, Wendell Smallwood yeah. um, whoever makes it in that. Well, that's not to say that they won't get their shots. I just think that that James Conner, he's going to be in the position to get close to 1,000 yards again this year, and I just don't know if all of them combined are going to follow that.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one too, and especially knowing what we know, right? Um, Mike Tomlin, his entire tenure in Pittsburgh, and it's a big sample size at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like we're just talking one or two or three years. He likes to have the guy in the backfield. Um, you know, when he first got here, it was Willie Parker. Uh, since then, it's been Rashard Mendenhall. It's been Le'Veon Bell. It's It's been James Conner. Like, he wants to have the bell cow. He wants to have the running back to ride, um, you know, until the the wheels fall off or there's no tread on the tires or whatever cliche you want to use. I think, yeah. Um, and like I said to start the show, when we have these type of conversations at this moment, I think we have to assume health or else you'd just be Yes. You'd just be going all over the place. Um I think that's fair too, because that's that's how the Steelers want it to look. The whole running back by committee thing. Yeah. Too much. That, it's 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 not. It's never been Mike Tomlin's cup of tea. I don't no. know why it, it would start now. Yeah, and the other thing
2: I th- I think that people need to understand is the only time you have running back by committee is when you don't have an RB one. Correct. Like you know, it, it yeah, just the means the Dallas that, Cowboys don't have running back by committee. Right. The Carolina Panthers don't have running back no, by committee. The Giants aren't going to you know just like why? Because the whole point of running back by committee is that you don't have a guy who's better than everybody else, so you give everyone fresh legs. When you have one of the best in the league, one of the you know a top ten type of player at his position, you play him as much as you can. It wasn't that you know like, hey, we're we're going like like run him till the wheels fall off. When he said that about Willie Parker, you know he was saying we're we're going to give him give this guy the work. You know, and um, you know with Le'Veon Bell, he 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 kept feeding the ball. Why? Because Le'Veon Bell was doing the doggone thing. Like, <laughs> like, like well, you want you oh so you he want him to good. stop leading the NFL in yards per, yards um, per he, scrimmage he per was game. Pretty good. Like so, you know I, I, that's the thing is when you have an established number one, and I think Connor has established himself as the number one among this group. That's not to say that Snell nor McFarland or anyone else can can't take it from him in the future or be the guy after this year. But I really see. Him as that guy for right now, and you know they won't feed him the ball more than everyone else as on the team when it comes to like you know you know throwing the ball as well. But he's going to get a considerable amount of touches this year,
1: and I think that's going to be a good thing for this offense. I think so too, Chris Carter. He is Christopher Carter. I'm Wesley Euler. We got an hour in the books. We got a whole bunch more to get to. We're going to hear from Bud Dupree. He spoke this morning. Uh, Kevin Dotson was just chosen as today's standout performer. He is speaking at the podium as well. Maybe we'll talk a little offensive line. We've got, I got to tell you, Chris, this is a nice reset this week. Yes. I mean, I love Arthur Motes. Mm -hmm. I love that guy. He, uh, uh, you know, him and I have been doing the show together now for almost two years. It's been a lot of fun. He has greatly uh, increased my brand, Mm -hmm. increased my football knowledge. Absolutely. I love that guy. But let me tell you, and he'd tell you the same thing. I mean, him and I have been talking to each other. About the same things <laughs> since the NFL draft ended. No, uh, I mean we've had nothing new since the NFL draft, really. Right. Um, so this it's a nice reset here this week to kind of discuss some of the the things that I feel like maybe Moats and I uh, have have beaten to death uh, with a new voice, with a fresh perspective. Uh, that is Chris Carter. If you're unfamiliar, he's hosted uh, co-hosted the show with me here a couple times as well in the past. Uh, if you listen to anybody in the family here, he works with Dale Lolly at DK yeah. Pittsburgh Sports. He's on Crowley's show uh, almost weekly, especially during the football season. So we got a bunch going on. We will hear from Bud Dupree in the second hour of the show also. Uh, when we come back here, you know, speaking of running backs, we were just talking about some running backs there. I think, it, I think it's the time we do it. Yeah, let's do it. Is it time to talk about that running back that everybody is talking about with the Steelers today? Yeah, we. I think we should, we, we could talk about that. It's Benny Snow, right? (laughs) (laughs) In case you've been living under a rock, Mm -hmm. this morning, Leonard Fournette got released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. In case you're one of the few people in America in the year of our Lord 2020 who still doesn't have social media, every Steelers fan today is debating should the Steelers go and sign Leonard Fournette. So to start the 4 o'clock hour, Chris Carter and I will tell you uh, should they or shouldn't they and why or why not? We'll also get to your tweets again. Keep them rolling in at Wesley Euler at Carter critiques. He is Chris Carter. I'm Wesley Euler. 60 in the books, two hours to go. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24/7 home of the black and gold. SNR Steelers nation radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler (laughs) with you here. Hour number two inside the electric factory. It is Steelers Blitz on SNR. Maybe if you're just joining us or if you uh, missed it in the first hour of the show, I got my buddy Chris Carter riding shotgun with us. You should know his name. You should be familiar with his work. But if you are not, you hear him on the Crowley Show. You've heard him here with me before on SNR. He writes for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, He does the Locked on Steelers podcast. He is all over the place. Uh, And he is, I am fortunate enough that he is with us here this week, Chris. And, you know, an hour of the show went by and we had some housekeeping to get to. You know, you and I just wanted to catch up. First time we've been behind a microphone together for a little while. We heard from Mike Tomlin and wanted to discuss some of those comments. But maybe we kind of committed radio host malpractice in a way because mm-hmm. we know what the audience wants to hear yeah. about today, Chris. Uh, this morning, a, a a big name running back. His name's Leonard Fournette. He was uh, released by the Jacksonville Jaguars this morning, Chris. So for uh, for those who might have missed it, oh, if, hey! if you're if you're West! one of the few people, you hear
2: that? Oh no! I, it's it's the Steelers fans. Wait, what they, happened? They know. They know that they know that Leonard Fournette's a free agent. They're what happened? they're telling every they're telling everyone that the Steelers should sign Leonard Fournette. Wes, we gotta, no! Lock the door. Lock the door, Wes. The Steelers fans, they they know. No, don't try to sign him. He was a disaster for Jacksonville. They tried to kick him. They couldn't even trade him away. They couldn't trade him away. Now you know. Ah, the door's locked. We're safe. I think we I think we can be. Oh God. Don't ask this question. Why do we ask this question every time a free agent's available? Just because he's a person out there doesn't mean they have to get him.
1: Steelers fans, stop it now. (sighs) So, Chris, what you're saying is is that the Steelers (laughs) aren't going to need a bigger boat? No. (laughs) No, don't go get Leonard Fournette. You're
2: fine. Leonard Fournette, listen, a talented back for sure. A big back. A guy that is was exciting in 2017 when he was running over the Steelers and Mike Mitchell. That's totally fine. But in those years since, he's had injury problems. You've seen that. Hmm. And you've seen clear, seen clear rifts and problems with that Jacksonville team. And you saw how he was like, yeah, I think he told him to sign Jameis Winston. They didn't do that. He's openly said, trade me. They couldn't find a trade partner. To me, that all reeks of... Maybe we shouldn't touch that. Hmm. And it just—it's a common theme that continues to happen with this. And it's just because I—we made this joke with Jaws just because every <laughs> time a free agent becomes available, every well, Steelers fan
1: is like. We Go had get these him. same conversations about Leonard Fournette. What was it back in April or May yeah. when it, yeah. when the news came out that he was available on Go the trade trading for him.
2: block, fourth round pick. What? Mm-hmm. And see, here's the thing: even if the Steelers wanted to do that. They would have wasted a fourth round pick because he was eventually going to get cut, and
1: I'm sure they knew that. Yeah, that's they, the that's the kind of um, they're much the people who make the game those decisions that you play much smarter than you and I.
2: Oh, for sure, <laughs> they know they know about these. Well, things. you know,
1: I mean Kevin Colbert,
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 point being. Leonard Fournette, again, I, I get the excitement behind it, but the Steelers have a very young running back room. They've got James Conner, they've got Anthony McFarlane, who everyone's excited about. They got Benny Snell. They got three guys who they already want to see. If you bring in Leonard Fournette, it bounces one of those guys out of, out of a out of a role. Now, maybe and, and here's the other thing is that like when you bounce one of those guys out, who are you trading away? Like who? What? Who do you? you know, or just cutting? Or just or, releasing. Exactly. And do you yeah. really want to cut one of those guys? And again, you're getting Fournette mm. for a rental year. He's probably, probably going just want probably some just money. one year, yeah. right? Because if he were to come here and do really well, mm-hmm. then he would want the contract. You want the contract, and, and, and they can't afford that right now. Yeah. They, they can like if if everything goes into next season and Connor has a good year, it's going to be tough to pay Connor. And not a and not a guy who was a, or a, Juju, a top or, or, or Juju or Cam Hayward, or Bud Dupree. And you're already
1: saying goodbye to Bud, right? Yeah. Like,
2: there's so many other problems. If you bring Leonard Fournette in, sure, he might be able to help you this year. But here's the thing: there's no guarantee he's going to gel with the locker room. Look what just happened with Earl Thomas and the Ravens. They you know they said they wanted him gone, and he didn't even last it two seasons. You know, and and not that Leonard Fournette is just a horrible person or anything like that. But you, you saw all those problems in there. You're get You got your locker room back after you had the Antonio Brown situation. Just rock with you guys. Believe in your boys and Steelers fans. You don't need to tweet this out every time. And I see that there's some radio stations in <laughs> Pittsburgh
1: that are talking about oh, this. Oh, some? You mean every? Yeah. Chris, I think you and I are the only people today in Pittsburgh doing a radio show mm-hmm. that didn't put out the poll on Twitter. Should the Steelers sign Leonard Fournette? Yes or no? <laughs> Let <laughs> us know, 412 919 8387, and tweet <laughs> us at Chris Carter and at Wesley Yuler. Vote on our poll. Should the Pittsburgh Steelers sign Leonard Fournette? <laughs>
2: It's just, but that's that's my point. Is that everyone wants to talk? It's like, come on, we gotta think a, a few steps ahead here. That's and that's why you listen to SNR. That's why that's why you listen to me. That's right. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's why you come to the DK Steelers podcast, Locked On Steelers podcast, all the things. That's because I like doing these things with people like yourself that are like, listen. I get the fun of just dreaming what it would in be. Theory, like. In theory, would
1: I like to have Lord Leonard Fournette on the
8: roster? Sure. Certainly,
1: someone with his talents. But
8: certainly, the, the, I mean, yeah,
1: he had seventeen hundred all-purpose yards last year.
8: Yes. in theory,
1: mm-hmm. sure, sure. But like you said, it's. It's not that simple, especially just from this standpoint alone. Leonard Fournette was a guy who was set to make four and a half million dollars this mm-hmm. year, so maybe he's not going to get quite that on the open market. But he's going to want at least close. The Steelers have around that in cap space right now, but they still need to field a practice squad. Yeah, they like still, they
2: still need, the, they still you need to. You still
1: every that. NFL team in a normal year, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Once extra cap space in case you have a doomsday scenario, mm-hmm. injuries, whatever, where you have to sign, you have to bring, you know, that term, bring somebody in off the street, mm-hmm. you have to save cap space for that. Or, you know, if you end up trading for somebody, something like that, right? I mean, hey, the Steelers brought in Minka Fitzpatrick midseason, right? Now he's a rookie who's on a rookie deal, right? Not a huge cap hit, but you need cap space to maneuver yep. still in a right. Like, I think people a lot of times look at cap space – and they're upset if their team isn't spent right to the ceiling yeah. at the start of every year. Mm-hmm. In theory, yes, you want your team to spend cap space. You want your team to be a team that spends to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But within reason, You again, you have to save yourself some wiggle room, some break in, in case, case of emergency happens. room going into the year. Yeah. And Chris, that's all in a normal season. Right. Not in a season where the lack, let's be honest here, because we saw it in 2010 with the lockout-shortened season, Mm -hmm. where a shortened offseason always leads to more injuries, one, and we're still in a pandemic, too, where if you have doomsday scenario, 13, 17 guys on your team end up testing positive for coronavirus in a week, you're going to need that salary cap to sign, dudes, to get bodies from the practice squad, whatever. It's not as simple as... Leonard Fournette probably wants around four million. The Steelers have four million in cap space. Sign him up. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's that not. Easy. It's not Madden in, in that in that regard. Exactly, and and there are
2: times when you can do that when it's a right fit. Sure. When Joe Hayden got let go by the Browns, which he did actually three years ago to the day perfect, yesterday. Perfect fit. Uh, Yo, know, that he there's a leader. There's a guy that knows what it's like to be there. And he had, and you of all the times you you never heard him cause a fuss with the Browns. He just was he was a soldier. He just did his job. Played really well. Played really hard. Um and played in a system that was no good. I mean, that was just they never the Browns never got traction on anything. You plug him in here and now he's a leader. He's leading the the, the cornerback room and he's set a, a new standard for what to expect at the cornerback position, a position where the Steelers have struggled with for several years. That's different than bringing in a guy who's coming from a rough situation in Jacksonville where he wanted out of there, they wanted him out of there. They still couldn't find a way out. You know, he's he has he's he said several things out there that get that get, you know, draw eyes to him. The Steelers are in a position where no one's targeted them. We just talked about how they, they like being the underdog. Let them enjoy being the underdog. I think that part of that is you know they not that Leonard Fournette automatically make them like supreme Super Bowl favorites, right? But it draws it. it you know, un- unfortunately. Leonard Fournette has has been a guy who's talked who's talked a lot in the media who's 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 been you know, bombastic about his opinions on things and the Steelers are cool right now like they just got their locker room situated. They got a lot of young talent on the roster. Let those guys be the young talent. There's no reason to reason to rock this boat right now when you're confident. I mean we're again. You and I are confident about the Steelers. They're in the room. They see these guys every day. They got to be extremely confident right now. And why would I take a shot on something that could rock the boat of what I think is a really steady ship? Um, you know, bringing back our Jaws reference here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, why would I? Why would I do that when I'm when I'm looking like I'm on a really good pace? There's no point to go looking for yeah. Jaws when you already got a bunch of a bunch of great fish that you have picked up and you can
1: eat tonight. Oh, there's no point in going and hunting down Jaws when you got you know Wooly's fish market. Right, yeah, yeah, Wooly's. Oh, that's a great
2: reference. Way to go.
1: Uh, I'm reading this right here. This can't be true. What's up? Leonard Fournette is the last member. Of, oh, wait. No, sorry. That's just my bad reading comprehension. I thought I just read a tweet uh, saying Leonard Fournette is the last member of the 2017 AFC Jaguars squad. There was no way that the roster turned around. He's the latest member yeah. to but leave the team. I, okay. think, I think he may, may have been the leader. last
2: pro bowler. That was from from that group. I'm sure, um, unless Miles Jack made the Pro Bowl a year, because I think he's still there. Miles Jack is still there. I okay, don't, mm. I don't know if he made a Pro Bowl. I know, but 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 talking about the Jaguars, Talvin Smith not yeah, playing anymore. Man,
1: how about that? Like, I know, I'm they sure you apart. saw the video of the dude with all the jerseys. Like, yeah, that's so sad. Like, like yeah. but again, this is talent. why the Steelers
2: are the Steelers. And you look at teams like the Jaguars, and it's like, look, yeah, they signed a bunch of free agents, but you know that's going to fizzle out real quickly. And what happened? Clayus Campbell, he's a Raven. Leonard Fournette, he's a free agent. Jalen Ramsey, he's a Ram. A.J. Bouye, he's a Bronco. Telvin Smith, not even playing. Like, person – and Gokwe, he's a Viking. Person after person after person after person. That entire team outside of Miles Jack is pretty much dismantled. Mm -hmm. Blake Bortles ain't even there. And Blake Bortles wasn't even one of the good players on the the roster. Right. You know, so – um, and Allen Robinson because in that was it was another, mm-hmm. I for, I was like dang I forgot Allen Robinson mm-hmm. was over mm-hmm. there how many players have been shipped away from that from that organization it, it again it just reminds me it why crazy. why it's why why Steelers fans have it so good because you may have your occasional Antonio Brown. You may have your Le'Veon Bell that wants to get paid. But by and large, you keep your franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. You keep your superstar defenders like Troy Polamalu, like James Harrison, like James Ferrier, like you're see like you're about to see with T.J. Watt. They're not letting T.J. Watt go nowhere. No, you like like you're seeing Cam Hayward over the past ten years. Even if this is his last ride, I don't think it's his last ride, y'all. Uh, hope even, you're right. Right. Even if it is his last ride, he's been here. He's been here longer than the Jaguars had any of those guys. Yeah, and. I think that that's a, more of a testament to just to how strong the foundation is that the Steelers work from.
1: I concur. We talked about that earlier. How you know, in those uh, those inches that you need, that minutia that can often be the difference between a, a win and a loss, mm-hmm. that can often often be the difference between playoffs or no postseason. Uh, the Steelers are going to have much more continuity in that regard uh, than a lot of the teams in their division, a lot of the teams in the AFC, and across the National Football League. Chris Cart, Wesley Euler, with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Uh, with practice today, that means that there were a lot of different guys speaking, a lot of guys talking. One of them uh, speaking for the first time this offseason. That is Bud Dupree. He was asked about playing on the franchise tag, um, what it's like considering his future now outside of Pittsburgh, what he hopes to accomplish this year. We will hear from Big Bud coming off the big season uh, with a big pay raise as well, too. Hey. On the other side. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers' Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your twenty four seven home of the black and gold s n r
1: Steelers' Blitz on s n r. It is our, well, starting our fifth week of training camp coverage here and a big part of that has been the media availability the access that we get to bring you during training camp now it's not the same as it would be if we were out at St. Vincent College right we don't have the same amount of alumni interviews as we usually do or maybe some of the exclusives Uh, But the Steelers have done a great job uh, making guys available via Zoom uh, to the media to answer questions to fans as well. There's another uh, Steelers Nation Unite Huddle this week, Wednesday at 4.30. uh, Still doing their part to connect the fans and the media to the team, even uh, during this new COVID world order. Uh, So we've got a bunch of audio to bring you. One of those guys, uh, Chris, that I'm sure people are excited to hear from. Yeah. Mr. Alvin Bud Dupree coming off a, a big year last year double digit sacks. He got a nice pay raise in that franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Nice nice big bump in salary. Yeah. Um but he still kind of got that you know that contract future carrot dangling in front of him. Mm-hmm. Still got to sing for his supper in a little way. No, if you he's, will.
2: he's got. He's still got to prove the NFL. Hey, I'm worth a long term deal. Uh, and he's happy to get this this franchise tag oh, money right now. It's a nice payday. But he knows that he's still got to get that future to lock in for the
1: next four or five years. The the big payday of his career. For sure. He talks about he talked about that this morning. He talked about his desire to create even more splash plays. Let's hear what Bud had to say this morning before practice.
7: After the 2018 season, before last year, you went back and and looked at the amount of sacks you you could have or should have should have had, and you would have had double digit sacks. You had double digit sacks this past season. Did you go back and look at some more and figured out how many you could have had, and what do you expect this year? Yeah,
9: definitely. You know, anytime as a pass versus you always go back and look at sacks that you uh, could have had, that you missed. You know, that was in your hand you know uh, you try to correct those mistakes you know finishing is a part of it so you know you got to make sure that that's the number one priority you know as a pass rusher to make sure you finish at the end you know you're going to have a situation where it might not be the ideal uh, position for a sack but you got to keep it going and just you know make that play all right joe rudder joe go ahead
7: hi bud did um you guys ever get close or do any negotiations on a long term deal before uh, the deadline passed? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts playing on the franchise tag this year?
9: Uh, the franchise tag is, you know, uh, is what I'm in now. So, you know, uh, it's just a part of business, And uh Yeah, we, we came close to a, a two year, $200 million deal, but I was like, no, nah, Cam can get the money. So that was fine on me. All right, we'll
7: move on
9: to Albie Oxenrider. Albie, go ahead. Hey bud, how you doing? Good
7: how are you I'm good uh, question
6: for you about um, where you and the team are uh, you know from a from a preparation standpoint uh mentally for the season you're two weeks away after all you've been through after all the questions in the in this off season does it feel real to you right now and and, and you feel like this is it you're
9: ready to go? well like truly uh you know, during the virus, the whole situation, the pandemic came in, uh, you know, it's a lot of, uh, it was a lot of air in between our thoughts that what we play, will we be able to practice. But like once we came to camp and, you know, just been around Coach Tumman, you know, listening to him, him leading us um, the right direction, preparing us for this type of environment that we'll be playing in a new environment of the world. And, you know, now it's starting to feel back real again. So, uh, a lot of guys are gazing back in. You know, we're locking back in. We're, we're full focus. Counts has been going good for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get better and better each day. So we can be prepared for the whole season and the playoff run as well.
8: All right. Brooke Pryor.
9: Brooke, go ahead.
8: Hey, Bud. I was just uh, watching a video of you from earlier this summer where one of the workout things that looked like you were doing was having someone hit you in the stomach with a medicine ball. Uh, hey. <laughs> what? Why? uh and also what other kind of things were you doing uh to work out
9: while everything was kind of locked down yeah that's the core exercise that i do man it's just something um, really to show out you know just uh basically getting punched in the, in the stomach some it's a boxing where boxers do but you know uh you know i just did a lot of different stuff during the quarantine that um that i can make sure i stayed in shape uh stayed up stay active the whole time didn't want to just sit around and be idle you know that was uh that was a good thing that I, I had to do. Not try to sit around and wait on the virus. So go out and make sure that I'm preparing myself for the season, as if we would have played. And uh, now that we know that we are playing, you know, it's, it's, it was a great gesture by me just to go out and make sure I kept working. It was fine during that during that whole lockdown time to even be able to just leave the house and go to the gym and work out. So that was fine for me, even having that that leeway. All right, Mark Caboli. Mark, go ahead. Hey, bud, how you doing? What's up, um, My question is:
5: uh, TJ said he's not much into that pass rushing coach in the off season, but you're the opposite. Uh, what did you get from Chuck Smith that helped you the most? And were you even able
9: to get down there this year with him at all because of the shutdown? Yeah, uh, yeah. Some guys like pass rush coach. Some guys don't. But you know me, um, I'm always in a stepping stone of wanting to learn more and wanting to just see how other guys move and uh, you know uh, what a pass rush coach season me and, you know, uh, what it he can help me with, you know, Chuck is always, the. I tell people all the time, Chuck is the, it's the foundation of pass rushing. You know, he's the one of the first ones to really do it at a high level. He's the foundation of it. And, uh, you know, uh, then i also, you add in other guys into like BT and Mark, uh, Mark Hall, who I was working with BT, you um, know, Jordan too, you know, all three of those guys, if you can go just be a part of their program in all season, I feel like it'll take care. I got to take care, uh, your mentality to a different level as far as as far as knowing how to win. And also just take your mental to another level too, just by being, you know, just learning the learning the angles, learning the hand movements, you know, learning uh how they see it, despite of how you see it as well. All right,
7: Jeff Hathorne. Jeff, go ahead.
6: Hey bud, I can understand why you turned down two hundred million. That's a bit low. Uh <laughs> Uh, i just wondering, what are your emotions knowing that you're going into the final year of a contract where you control where you're going to be after this season?
9: Yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's it's a, uh, I would say it's bittersweet. It's a, uh, it's it's also, it's a blessing to be able to get to this point in my career, you know, to still be here, um, to work through adversity, you know, work hard and just be in this position I am today. And also, you know, I'm being a driver's seat, in my driver's seat of my career right now. So I'll go out and just play the best I can play. You know, everything will take, everything will um, play its place at the end of the, being at place at the end of the year. You know, I'll be able to control my own destiny. But for right now, I just gotta go out and just keep working hard the way I do. You know, keep trying to get better and better each day and keep having my teammates like we have to compete against each other and just make us that much better. But you know, man, uh, at the end of the day, it's a blessing. Uh, and it's a business, it's a business too. So, you know, it goes both ways. Mike Prezuda, Mike, go ahead bud uh what have you seen from
6: alex highsmith so far and what would be the ideal number of snaps
9: that uh you and tj could take off uh, and still be effective oh man alex is ahead man alex is doing real good um he's a smart kid very athletic he moves well you know uh, and he's always eager to learn stuff so he's always asking questions and trying to uh, Imitate some stuff that we do just to make sure that he's doing it correctly. So, you know, he's, he's always trying to – so he's running to the ball well. You know, he's actually making plays on the field too. So, you know, it's, uh, it's it's good to just see how he came in prepared. Even do even during the pandemic, he didn't even have OTAs or anything like that. He still came in. and He's doing pretty good. And how uh, I many snaps we can take off? I mean, whenever we get tired, we'll come out. <laughs> we ain't really got no issue with that. Whenever we get tired, we want to be the first that we can on the field so we can make as many plays as possible. And uh, Alex and whoever else is, uh, Ola, and um, and uh, all, all the other guys, you know, they come in and they'll provide that spark that we need when we're not on the field. All right, we'll move on to Will Grades. Will, go ahead. Hey, bud, you know,
7: last year you, you said all the right things when we'd asked you about your contract, and you said, look, I'm betting on myself, and obviously that paid off for you. Is there any level of concern when you look into 2021 and beyond about the the state, the financial state, the NFL might be in with, we have no idea what the, the long-term effects of not having fans in the stands might have, or is there or no. about that for you, just what your value might be next summer or next spring? Uh no, right?
9: No, that's a big thing to think about. But at the end of the day, uh at the end of the day, I think everything can handle itself. And, you uh, know, and, uh, just, everybody's just looking for the best. All right,
4: we've got time for
6: two more. We'll go to uh, Brian Bacco. Brian, go ahead. Hey, bud. Uh, there was a report last month that uh, you and your your agency had filed um, some paperwork to, to maybe get your franchise tag bumped up to the defensive end number um, because there's some wiggle room sometimes with those situations. Uh, whatever came of that, and what do you kind of consider yourself, an outside linebacker or uh, or more of a traditional end?
9: Oh yeah. So that's in process right now. And uh by my agent and uh and the Steelers are handling that situation. And um, uh, you know, uh in the defense, the type of defense that we play, in the type of scheme that's taking over the new lead, you know, uh, I feel like DNs and linebackers are out the same category. So, you know, it's uh it's just that type of uh new style that defense is being played in the NFL, you know, just different type of body style with the same type of position. All right. Last one. We'll go to a follow-up.
7: Jerry, go ahead. Hey, uh, uh, Bud, last year you guys played with the lead so few times. I think 16 quarters out of 64, yet you still led the league in sacks and takeaways. With Ben back and some of the weapons that you've added on offense, if you're playing with the lead, what can your numbers be this year as a defense? How much more can you exceed what you did
10: last year?
9: No, you always wanna to have to leave just so you know it's gonna be uh, uh passed most of the time. So uh with that being said, man, like uh you can get way more opportunities when you gotta leave. And know, uh, with those opportunities we gotta create plays. So uh we get those opportunities, we gotta create the plays and create the splash plays that we can and you know, it it may be something special. It uh Jerry, I was just That uh, wondering... was
1: Bud Dupree after today's practice. Um Earlier, I should say, right before today's practice. Pardon me, not after today's practice, Mr. Carter, before today's practice. And a reminder that all of the audio we play you, uh, Steelers Steelers training camp media availabilities. Well, let's learn how to talk, Euler. Uh, Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, a real simple question, but what, five, six months from now, if I look back and I say to you, "Yeah, Bud Debris had a successful 2020." Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Uh, Double-digit sacks again.
2: Uh, does you know his side of the, his side of the field didn't see a lot of run production. Honestly, I, I want to remind people the Steelers are were a very good run stopping yeah. team last year. They faced, I think it was the fifth most amount of runs in the NFL, and they gave up. They had they were the third best in yards per carry allowed, and gave up the fewest touchdowns on the mm-hmm. ground last year. And Bud Dupree's part of that. One thing that used to drive me nuts watching the Steelers before Bud Dupree got there in the Jason Worlds, Jarvis Jones days was lineback- outside linebackers had such a hard time with being with, with, in, with keeping their outside shoulder free. When you're an edge rusher, when you're coming off the edge and your job is, is not only to rush the passer but also to turn back the run, your job is to engage with your inside hand, keep your outside shoulder free. If the offensive tackle, tight end, whoever, turns that shoulder, that outside shoulder of yours mm-hmm. inside, that corner is now available. Right. Because now you can't disengage. Right. And chase the person and say, if you're coming this, if you're coming out wide, I'm turning you back inside, or I'm going to bring you down. Bud Dupree has been great about about that even since his rookie year. Yeah. That was one of my biggest things yes, about right. him. And I was like, okay, there's someone that at least has that part down. Now he's got the pass rush part down. So. Uh, so so now you got that. I, I think honestly another a year ten or more sacks. Um, even if he gets eight or nine, that's still a really good year. Yeah. As long as the defense produces as a whole, the thing is, is that with th- with this Steelers front four, if Hayward to it, wanton Dupree are all healthy. Um, it's going to be a nightmare, Ooh, buddy. It's going to it's going to be it's going to be like a game of with who that gets to the quarterback first with that secondary. Exactly. Ooh. Like this isn't this isn't Artie Burns and Cody Sensabaugh anymore. This is Joe no, Hayden is and not. Steven Nelson with Micah Fitzpatrick and then oh yeah Terrell Edmonds who everyone gets on him about it. But guess what? He's actually a decent player. He covers the, he, when you drop him down in the box. He's covering guys in the slots, covering tight ends. He does a very good job at that. It's just that he's not an interception machine and he does need to work on playing the football. But all aside from that this defense got everything lined up for them. I think Bud Dupree, the big thing is if if he stays healthy, if the defense is healthy, he gets close to double digit sacks or gets double digit sacks and they're part they're part of that upper echelon defense, he's going to be a hot commodity on yeah. the market. Um whether the whether the Steelers find some miracle way to bring him back, I don't think that they'll be able to just because it's just he'll just be too expensive or he'll get mega dollars from someone next yeah. year, uh pending on what the market's like because of well, that's a good salary point cap. what the
1: salary cap looks like with COVID. Yeah, that's a good point by you. Always making good points. He is Chris Carter. I'm Wesley Euler. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR. About halfway home. Keep those tweets coming in at Wesley Euler at Carter Critiques. We will get to them in the final hour of the show. We will also hear, speaking of linebackers, uh, from Jerry O, Steelers' linebacker coach, in hour number three as well. But on the other side, to close out this second hour, uh contenders in the National Football League and their biggest weakness uh, from a roster construction standpoint. I want to pick Chris Carter's brain on this. We'll do so in just a few minutes. How about that? I'm I mean, is that okay with you? I, mean, I guess I should. I guess it's okay if you want to pick my brain. It's fine. <laughs> and we got to check and make sure there's no holes in our boat from all those sharks. You know, all those all those jaws that were that were lingering around the studio earlier in the hour too. He is Christopher Carter. I'm Wesley Euler. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your twenty four seven home of the Black and Gold, S N R.
1: Some uh, some breaking roster news here, Mr. Carter, that actually uh, affects the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? They signed Fournette? <laughs> you're good. I mean, you're really good. I like it. I like it. It looks like uh, actually the New York Giants are making some roster moves over there, huh?
2: Oh, man, yeah. This big, Listen, they finally signed Jadavia Clowney. Clowney has a roster Uh-oh. to be on. That's a big move. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. That to,
1: is a big move.
2: And, and, and you, you bring it up about how it's important to the Steelers— that means he's going to be up against the Steelers day one. Yep. Um, you looked at the Giants. You look at the threats that they had. You think of uh, Saquon Barkley. You wonder how Daniel Jones is going to be in his second year. You're thinking like, okay, they have that Lorenzo Carter guy from Georgia. You know, you're thinking what they can do here. And now, oh, wait, wait, what? We got to calculate for that. Oh, okay. Uh, and not that Davian Clowney has been the best edge rusher in the NFL or anything, but he's still a dominant physical presence. Oh yeah. You know. And, and the other thing we do got to see what's, what what kind of shape is he in. You know. You know, it's no guarantee he's just going to plop on the field and and be you know a one edge rusher for them but uh, certainly something that the Steelers will now have to calculate as part
1: of their game prep for uh, a game that's now less than well no it's two weeks out right Two weeks from today From today wow how about that you know what I'm glad you said that man we're getting close finally finally starting to really feel like it feels like football weather around Pittsburgh here in the mornings it's been nice and crisp and cool in the mornings two weeks away from Steelers football. That is a certainly a welcome development. Uh, how difficult of a challenge do you think it is for the Steelers preparing for the Giants to stick with that same conversation, right? First-time head coach, like not just a new head coach, a first-time head coach who's never been an offensive or a defensive coordinator before mm-hmm. uh, with a staff, with Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator, a guy who hasn't called plays for years as now the the coordinator of the offense. How unique of a challenge is that for the Steelers to prep without, you know, without that real background and, and and no preseason games to go on?
2: I think it's just a huge challenge when you look at when you look at how you know we're going to have to. You look at this at a, at a season. You're thinking like, okay, we got these different reps in. We had the you know when you go into a preseason game, when you go into you like, okay, like Mike Tomlin always says, they don't they don't game plan for the opponent. They game plan for themselves. Right. And you don't even get that this year. Like that's why Mike Tomlin's doing these. These, these scrimmage sessions at Heinz Field, where it's like a live situation to get people amped for that. But still, there's nothing like even in the preseason when you got the pads on, the lights are on, you know the cameras are on you, and you hear a crowd. Though you won't hear crowds this year. But <laughs> well, maybe virtually. Maybe virtually. Maybe we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but like, but still, the moment of I have to perform here. And for, for preseason guys, for like depth guys, that is when they have to perform because they're not gonna, you know, most of those guys, that's when they prove I need to be on a roster or I or I don't I don't deserve to be on a roster. You need those times to get people in the mode here and be like, okay, now we're warmed up and we're ready to go. Um, that's absolutely going to impact you. Again, that's why I, I think the Steelers have a very good shot to to give some people some problems, or especially early in the season. They go up against two second-year quarterbacks, week one and two, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, Bang bang. Then you got Deshaun Watson, and you know then you're rolling around with a whole, with a, a whole bunch of younger guys. Yeah. I just that all that stuff favors the Steelers for me for a defense that knows exactly what it wants to do and, a, and an offense that's been built around Ben Roethlisberger for 16 years. Yeah. And,
1: it hasn't been a lot of change, and maybe. it hasn't
2: been a lot of change there. You know, they've added a couple pieces here and there, but Ju- he knows Juju. He knows James Washington. Um, he, he he's he's at least he's been working with Deontay Johnson, um, Vance McDonald have a relationship. The offensive line yep. has, is comfortable with him. Um, James Connor knows the system. You know, you got some flashy new pieces like Chase Claypool and Eric Ebron, and you know, and, and things like that. But um, that that all screams advantage to me.
1: I think so. Also, looks like the Giants is uh. Giants is Giants are, I should Giants say. Is, is Giants is is you wait. is Giants is is is. Uh, Logan Ryan to the Giants looks like Whoa. it's happening as well, per Ian Rapoport. Is that a trade or is that a, is that a signing? That's a signing. Okay. Yeah, he was a free agent from uh, the Titans last year. Um, looked like he was there in uh, in New Jersey uh, working out and talking to the Jets, but ends up with the Giants. So Logan Ryan, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, like Carter said, it's not like they just, uh, they didn't just pluck, um, I, I don't know, they didn't just pluck Vaughn Miller and. Um, right. And, and, uh, and Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, or Ramsey or off like the street. Yeah. But man, Logan Ryan and Jadavian Clowney also, nothing to sneeze at, no. for sure. Uh, those are two guys who will walk right into that Giants team and become instant starters, I would imagine, just from a, a skill and a pedigree level. The Steelers are going to have to see those guys again two weeks from today.
2: Yeah. Ooh. yeah. I'm just I'm just so pumped. I mean, and it's not even about these guys being sad. It's You're pumped for football to be back. You're pumped for the NFL to be back, you know, to get back into the swing of things, even though it's not going to be the same. I'm just – come on, people. You got to – like, there's the, there's that itch of just you want to – you just want to see the pads are popping. Yep. You want to see the, the the schemes playing out. Um, you know what? You want to see Ben throwing the ball and how he does it. When Ben throws his first touchdown – you know, all of all of Steeler Nation across the country, across the world, is going to lose their minds. Well, oh, you ain't lying, it's buddy. It's going to be insane, and and, and you know and what? Hopefully,
1: it's on Monday night. Oh. I mean, I know it's the doubleheader Monday night, but because I was going to say only show in town on Monday night, it is the yeah. doubleheader Monday night. But it'll be the Steelers will be the only team playing at, at the time. that time. Every, everyone's going to have games to watch on them. after that, so in a way, they will be the only show going on at that time. If Big Ben's out there slinging it.
2: Ooh. Yeah, man. and and here's the other thing is that everyone's gonna be watching that game. Oh, like, yeah. it's not just not just because it's the only football game around, but because Steelers a lot, a lot of y'all fools drafted Saquon Barkley in the first in first Ooh. overall or second overall. I'm not saying you're fools for doing that. I'm just calling people fools just to call them fools. <laughs> but but like, yeah, a lot of people got Saquon Barkley. A lot of people and there's gonna be Steelers fans. There's gonna be Giants fans. And those are two of the premier organizations of the NFL in the modern you know football era. Here, uh, this is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm excited for it. I've been excited for it, and now you got Javian Clowney and you got you know Lo- Logan Ryan in there. Um, there's the, there's some more pieces for the Giants. I, I think the Giants they're still a, f- a few bricks shy of a load, um, <laughs> but I think that they are Feel apples short of a bushel. That yeah, well, you know you, you you get what I'm saying. Um, you know a, f- a few beers short of a six pack. Oh, but uh, I think that they are. They are certainly they have the, they have talent that they're they're building a nucleus. It's just going to take time for them to mold that new nucleus. I also you know I I want to see what what's up with uh with with Joe Judge and how and how that plays out and Dave Gettleman and, and, and their situation because uh, that, that's going to be interesting seeing Joe Judge come over. He was a special teams coordinator. Now I've heard several people talk about how special teams coordinators can sometimes be the best coaches. Right. Because it's not necessarily about. You know, you you're a genius on offense or defenses because you know how to command a room, or you know how to command, a, a, you know, a a, a a department. You're a good and CEO. You're it, a good delegator. Exactly. Yeah. And and special teams coaches, they they're the ones that every year they have to usually work with like a whole bunch of new guys, get them into their system, and then make everything run like a well oiled machine. And you don't get credit when it when, mm-hmm. when it goes right unless you score touchdowns. Right. And you, and, and you if can you make, land
1: based on when it goes wrong. Yeah.
2: When you give up one touchdown. Uh, you know, Danny Smith, you know, I think he's given up, what, two return touchdowns over the past, like, five or six seasons, and, and people get mad at that. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, Danny Smith's doing a heck of a job. What are you doing? <laughs>
1: That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm i with you on that for sure. That is one of those kind of thankless roles. It'll be interesting to see how he adapts from that uh, with Bill Belichick to head coach of, you know, one of the marquee franchises in the National Football League in the New York market, the New York Football Giants. Chris, how do you feel about the Steelers' status as contenders? Um, because I think I think there's a I think there's two tiers of Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. Okay, I would have like the true upper echelon, which would only be three, four, five teams,
2: like the teams that you're that you're confident would make their conference championship games,
1: like teams that I'm confident, yes, are going to win double digit games, right. uh, are going to have a really good shot to win the division. You know, barring some crazy unforeseen injury, right. Teams that, yeah, if they didn't at least win double-digit games and Mm -hmm. win a playoff game or two, I would be surprised. Like the Chiefs. Um, I would say the four teams in that tier for me are the two in the AFC, two in the NFC. Chiefs, Ravens, and uh, Niners, Saints. Mm -hmm. And then I would say there's a second tier of Super Bowl contenders that are close but not quite on the same roster construction level as those four. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's I would have the Steelers in that category, along with teams like um, the Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would have said the Houston Texans. Houston Texans, just, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, Houston but, Texans. But, but, but
2: honestly, they're just J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson.
1: Right, and I was thinking about Seattle, too, but I feel like they're a lot of Bobby Wagner and yep. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um, you, but but you get what I'm saying. I think the Steelers are in kind of that second tier of contenders. Right. What say you? I think that that's fair. Which I I think that 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 leaves them as a true contender. Right. Like if you're that second
2: tier contender, you can easily bump into that first tier. This oh, is again all, all preseason talk. None of that. Absolutely you know, people that we look at as oh surefire Super Bowl contenders are just guys that preseason we just like the way they did last year and we think that they're going to be able to turn it up a notch. But those tier, those tier two contenders, come on, they are Green going, Bay's probably in that group too. Yeah, no, Green Bay's absolutely and in that group. I mean, they were the they NFC won 13 Championship, thirteen games last year, right? Yeah. And and as many holes as I think that they have on their team, they're they're still on a way to ride thirteen games and they were one step from the Super Bowl. So um, you know, I'm I'm all for. Uh, I'm I'm all for the Steelers being in that second tier and and not and not th- thinking that it's a slight. Uh, yeah, but that's I don't the, mean
1: that as a slight either. Obviously, r-
2: right. But the whole point here is Wes. This team is sh- you know I don't think most people would put them like if you if you went outside of Pittsburgh fans and and people that cover the Steelers consistently because that doesn't it also doesn't include fans. But if you go outside of that, I think most people would give. Would would give we'd give Steelers like yeah no they're like third or fourth tier like they they there's a lot of people looking down on it. I did a, I do we do an Ultimate Division crossover week okay. uh with the Locked On Steelers podcast where we talk to the Locked On Ravens host the Locked On Browns host the Locked On Bengals host and that whole week and this was like a month or two ago we were talking about you know predictions and everybody in the division Steelers five and eleven Steelers six and ten they're gonna be, they're gonna be last place if not you know third place if not last place but the Browns the Browns and the Ravens easily are gonna be over them and I'm just like. Are you, are, you, are you guys crazy? Like, have you not learned these things? And then one point they was like, yeah, the Bengals might do better than like, okay, I get it. You know, this is just what we're doing. Um, but, but, the, but a lot of people seem to think that. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know the Steelers went eight and six after they lost Ben Roethlisberger for the entire season last year. But yeah, sure. Now they're they're they're, right. they're, they're just going to find a way to to go five and like, but get with the a new head coach out of
1: for the thirty seventh time. This is finally the year that the Browns put it all together. Right,
2: and they're they're <laughs> going to put together some magic. Uh, you know Baker Mayfield, who Adam Crowley last week tweeted that know. You know, <laughs> tweeted that Case Keenum was going to replace him by week eight, and Baker Mayfield liked the status that Adam posted. I'm like. Baker, you said you didn't care what people right, said anymore. Like, dude,
1: get off Twitter and like... Go focus. Yeah. You got you gotta another new offense you
2: got to learn this year.
1: Motes and I have this conversation a lot um, because I don't know if you know this, and I don't know where you fall down on this. I'd actually like to get your opinion. Sure. Moats is a big Michael Thomas guy. Like, Moats is a big Michael Thomas guy. I think he's fantastic. I'm just not... I don't think he's quite as good as he certainly thinks he is, and a lot of people think he is. I, I think he's, he talks a little too much. And the way that he is... I mean, I'd be lying if I were denying this. The way that he is a big fish... Yeah. That seemingly gets bothered by every little tadpole that tries to right. chirp at him. Yes. Like, that bothers me. I There's a fine line there between, right? I, I don't want my athletes. I don't want my famous people. I... I I can't say I know what it's like that they go through, but I can only imagine what it's like to be a famous person, a celebrity, an athlete, someone who's in the spotlight. You've got people tweeting you. You've got people bugging you. All this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think part of that is just being able to tune out that noise, tune out the criticism, right? especially when you're a guy like Michael Thomas who is having a ton of success. You're a
2: superstar.
1: Like so, Right, so from that standpoint, it kind of bothers me with Michael Thomas. You know, mm-hmm. the, like the same thing with Kevin Durant, just the need to clap back at every why? little tadpole mm-hmm. who has an opinion about mm-hmm. you. Like, why do you care what some dude with a couple thousand followers on Twitter from halfway across the country mm-hmm. is saying about you? And again, I, I can't completely wear their shoes because I'm sure if I was a millionaire successful athlete and some jabroni on Twitter was firing shots at me, I wouldn't like it either. But again, I think that's part of what comes with the territory. Uh, yeah. I I I don't know what Baker like Baker Mayfield. What are you doing? What are you All doing? All right, like the commercials, the back and forth on Twitter, and it's. I mean, dude, it would be one thing to me, Carter, if it was if it was Dan Patrick, you know what I mean, or yeah. Colin Cowherd, or Scott Van Pelt. But it is Colin Cowherd calling that. He'll who's, call. who's you know what I mean? But like, it's <laughs> yeah, one yeah. thing if if somebody like that. Rich Eisen, you know, mm-hmm. is, is tweeting Skip about Bayless, you. Bayless, the way he goes after LeBron. Is tweeting about you talking trash and you want to clap back. Mm-hmm. I love Adam Crowley. You love Adam Crowley. Yep, We're friends in real life, yes. the three of us. Yes. I mean, le- legitimately... Well, not this year because pandemic. Last year, you and Adam Crowley were at my house for an Oktoberfest party. I mean, mm-hmm. we are friends in real life. Where I,
2: where I ran the table and was undefeated in beer pong, by the way.
1: Adam Crowley is not nearly important enough for Baker Mayfield no. to be clapping back to him. Yeah, like, but but here, but here he is but doing here, it. But here he is. And that's the guy you got all your faith. That, again, to give him some credit, uh-huh. too, or not even credit, just benefit. The guy who now, like in his third season, is with his fourth coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You really think And now, that's a challenge. It, oh, 100%. You really think now's the time that it's that it's all just going to like like uh like gr- like grew in yeah. despicable me it's just going to be <laughs> light bulb right, right. <laughs> no but that's like,
2: but that's the point is that you, you think that he's learned his lesson he said even less, like he said at the Super Bowl availability like when, when there was the press time and he was walking around saying yeah um you know I've definitely learned my lesson I'm not going to pay attention to what people say about me anymore and here he is paying attention to what people say about him it's like and why? not just people and again I love him but Adam Crowley. Adam Crowley. I mean, and Adam is like, and he, hes our boy. But Adam hosts ESPN Pittsburgh Radio. Like, you know, it's—it's it's, you know, he's not ESPN. You know, again, he's not Center. Scott Van Pelt. He's right. not
1: Colin Cowherd. He's, he's, he's not, not Dan, Dan Patrick. Patrick.
2: And he's and he's you're still finding what those people say. And even when it's a Colin Cowherd or some or someone like that, what do you care? They're not impacting your game. Look at how how every year since he's been in the league, LeBron James has been Skip Bayless. You're no real king. You can't do it. Jordan's better. You're not Jordan's in the better. Everyone's better. And, and you know, and I agree that Jordan's better than LeBron. But at the same time, like Skip, shut the heck up. Like Mark Cuban had to go on his show and say, "You don't even know what we did to LeBron?" <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and like, but that's the. But you, did you have you ever seen LeBron just come out and spend every day of his life saying, "You know what? I, I heard what Skip said
1: about me." No, he no, just because, goes about his business. If, if LeBron did that. He would spend his entire time on his phone looking at yep. Twitter, responding yep. to every person yep. that's out there talking trash Don't about him. Feed into it because when you feed into it, people and, it people get worse. And you're right. It, it, there are times. It's, it's, just real quick, I was just gonna say it's like Good. it's like the kid that you went to high school with who had the nickname that he didn't like, yeah. and he tried to fight it, and he made it worse. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's just like that. And if it's water off the camel's back, eventually people leave you alone. Right. Exactly. It'll it'll pass over, and then people
2: will forget about it. And and, and the thing is, when you control your own your own voice when you're when you're in the media presence like that you know I get it there's times like you you suffer a tough loss and someone's hitting you up and you just look at the front that's the first thing that pops across it I I get that like you know after like Marquis Pouncy one time after a playoff loss didn't respond too well to some to some criticisms and some people, and he apologized for that. But you know, I get those moments. But when you're just walking around, you're seeing it and you're doing it consistently all the time. That's when I'm like, "Come on, man!" And and I and I again, I get it because it's taxing your person. We get those. You, I've seen you. I, hit, yeah, I h- mean, into I, your get, I
1: get n- not nearly as much as Baker Mayfield or Michael Thomas, but I get people who tweet me a lot. Not some, not a lot, but sometimes certainly often enough in my career, you're an idiot, you're a moron, you're yeah. this, you're that. I could do your job. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got. I got uh, this one. I mean, like... Chris, like a week or two ago, I got a homophobic slur from somebody on Jeez. Twitter. It it, ha- it happens, and it, so I can again. To go back i can only imagine how much it happens to a baker mayfield or to uh-huh. a michael tom if it's happening to me it's happening to those guys right infinitely more
2: i, I got called and this was actually kind of funny someone called me a fat r kelly which i was like, like laughing <laughs> and it and it was it was this picture of me oh, like, from a couple on, from like like three years ago where like i had like the haircut and it was kind of like and there was this one shot of me like oh i don't do look like r kelly when, when he when he's like he's like you're doing this to me uh, and i was just like dang i was like he got me but but at the same time it's like listen like I, I didn't even respond to the tweet. I was like, "That is pretty funny." And I, just, I was wondering about my day. I didn't, I didn't feed right. into it. I didn't, you know, create this whole thing. But I, you know, but I, you remember those things. And he's like, "That stuff does." Like Mina Kimes talks about how people talk about her arms and how that, yeah. that impacted her. Right. And it's like that stuff does. Like it does. It gets in your brain. But your job, you can't let it. Like, like, like since then, it doesn't stop me from writing an article. It doesn't stop me from doing a podcast. It doesn't stop me from going on Steeler Nation mm-hmm. Radio and chopping
1: it up for you in three hours. And again, there's there's certain things that deserve response too. Like without exactly. a doubt, there's somebody out there on social media who is continuously you know yelling at a woman football reporter for her appearance God. that person, you know what, after, after, the, after the fourth or fifth time, probably deserves to be exposed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if someone is making homophobic or racist comments mm-hmm. continuously, dunk on them. That person probably at some point eventually deserves to get exposed. Yep. But when it's Adam Crowley saying, "Oh, you know what, I think Case Keenum's going to be the starter in Cleveland by halfway through the season. That's not, it's not even an insulting thing. It's just <laughs> like, hey, I just think it's not going to work out for you, buddy. There's a Again, there, there's just a very fine line there between responding to things that need to be responded to and water off the camel's back and i'm just never gonna have faith in the guys that with the rabbit ears that feel like they they need to respond to everything that's just that's just not my style i'm not asking them to be perfect Mm -hmm. but i'm asking them not to be an eighth grade gossiper i mean that's that that's all that i'm doing so where we were going with all this contender conversation um is that i've got a list here uh espn has the 20 teams they consider the nfl contenders for the 2020 season. So Mm -hmm. 20 teams that they think legitimately could win the Super Bowl and one Achilles heel for each. We will discuss on the other side to start our number three. Keep those tweets rolling in at Carter Critiques, at Wesley Euler. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: Euler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: hour inside the Electric Factory, hour number three. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler with you here on SNR. Another 60 to go. Woo! Before we turn things over to Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, and Mike Pursuto. They'll have you from 6 until 8 o'clock. It's the training camp report. Rounding out our 11-plus hours, Mr. Carter, of training camp coverage daily here. No one does Stiller's football. No one certainly does training camp like S N R. We're going to debate this uh, twenty contenders, twenty weaknesses list in just a second. We got a tweet here though from Derek from D Work, uh, just tuning in. So I don't know if you guys, if I missed y'all talking about Fournette. Is that something the Steelers consider if he clears waivers? Uh, so they aren't taking his four million dollar contract, one to two million for a one year deal, something like that possible? Would it be possible? Yeah, but we kind of talked about why we just don't think it's it's probable. Um, the Steelers already do, have a crowd. Do we got to play, the, gotta play the, the Jaws music? Oh, yeah.
2: we, do we got to play the Jaws music again, Derek? We
1: go. So this is what's so, happening, So, Derek, right?
2: if you missed the show, this is what
1: we did earlier. <laughs> we just played the duck because we knew the Steelers. Bring fans. up Leonard Fournette. We knew it. Free agent. Free agent. He's out there. Steelers fans are like, wait a second. What? You telling me we can get Leonard Fournette without giving up anything? He's not even, we don't need a four-round draft pick. What do you, what do you mean? And so they're like, close the door! Let's lock the door! Bolt the door!
2: Ah! There's no stopping them! They keep tweeting about it! So, Derek, this is what we did. And we were just, oh, my God! Steelers fans coming after us! Because we don't think this should happen! (laughs) Don't actually do this! Don't actually sign Leonard Fournette! We're going to need a bigger salary (laughs) cap! That that too. But that was the joke that we played earlier, Derek, if you missed it. But the point is, Derek, no, we don't think they should should sign
1: him. Well, like I said, in theory... In theory. I would... I, I, I would... I certainly... I'm not going to name any names, but in theory, there are there are running backs on the roster that I would swap right now with Leonard oh, Fournette. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yes. Like,
2: like, if everything was perfect in a perfect world, yes. sure, bring him on in. But the problems that you have right now is that Leonard Fournette just rocked a lot of boats while he was with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. You he, do not want
1: an Earl Thomas-type situation this close to the this start this of close the season. This the start season. of the season.
2: You're going to bring in a dude who has to learn the playbook, who has to learn stuff there, and is going to have to vibe with the locker room. You just cleanse the locker room. Less than two years ago of Antonio Brown, after Mm -hmm. things were going on crazy there, and Jesse James was calling them the Kardashians, (laughs) and and not that Leonard Fournette definitely would create that, but there's a question of it. And you like your roster right
1: now? Why would you risk blowing things up right now? Yeah, and I think too the you know you say one to two million dollars for a uh, for a one year deal. In theory, that would work. I don't know if he's going to be willing to accept that, at least not right away. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we make it another couple weeks here and he still doesn't have a home, but this is a guy who was scheduled to make $4.5 million last year. We all know how short the shelf life is for running backs in the NFL in general. He's going to want to... Leonard Fournette isn't looking at this as an opportunity to, okay, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere for one year. And I'm going to ball out, and then I'm going to get a big deal. Like he's looking at it as I want the most money now. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily what's the best situation for me. Yep. He's still going to look at this trying to he get paid, paid because that's just the nature. And he should. Of be, he should. Yes. And of a players, guy, of a guy yeah. who's had what over 600 touches, yeah. like the last two years combined. He like sh- he
2: should want he money. He, sh- he should want to get paid because he knows uh, with the way that Leonard Fournette runs, he may only have another five or six years to to really cash right. in on anything. And, and, you know, this isn't like where Cam Hayward's, you know, in his you know, is in his, like, his 30s now, and he can play another four or five years. This right. is a, we learn it for net, you know, we got to see how that plays out. So, yeah, he's trying to get paid right now. You know, I'm not so sure. He's just like, yeah, Steelers, I'll definitely come to you for a low, for a low contract and, and you will know, have to battle it out with James Conner. Not that he wouldn't outright be able to win a competition like that, but when you were learning the playbook and adjusting to be that receiving back for Ben that James Conner can be, that we know he's been. Um, there, there's some serious questions there and and again vibing with the
1: team because this this is a guy who uh wasn't exactly getting along no he was with not people so. no, he was not the the last thing I'll say yeah. um to Derek for anybody who missed it or or, or or people tuning in now or wondering Leonard fournette questions if we're still sitting here four weeks from now mm-hmm. Chris and he doesn't have a team And maybe that price is down near a million dollars and it's cheap. And maybe it's four weeks from now and you played your first two games of the season and maybe a Benny Snell gets a little nicked up. Maybe an Anthony McFarland gets a little nicked up. If there's some injuries there and he's still available and maybe the price comes down, then I'm I'm singing a different tune. And here's the
2: other thing. And this is why I won't say do it. I'll say make a call. Because Hmm. for Kevin Colbert and the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, if I'm them, I would want to part of part of what they they've built with the team is that they know what temperament they need for the team. Correct. I would need to sit down with you in person and which not just is via hard to Zoom, do now, which by is the very way. hard to do right now, which is why I was really skeptical about Antonio Brown getting in work because I think a lot of teams value that. It. Yeah. And I need to see that you're not going to cause problems for, for for my team right now because I've got a good ship going, I've got a good 100%. set situation for this year. I don't need drama. I don't need, you know, attention to things that that aren't us winning football games.
1: I think along similar lines, it wasn't the attitude or the the off-the-field stuff, but I think along similar lines is why it took so long for Cam Newton to get signed, just because of the pandemic, teams couldn't bring him into their facility and let their doctors get their hands on him. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that was part of what took so long with Cam Newton, is teams just wanted to be able to have their staff be able to evaluate this guy from a medical standpoint before they really started to put pen to paper. And again, during a pandemic, that becomes much more difficult. Mm Uh, Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, with you here, uh, Ch- talking. I, said, I just said you. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Church, uh, NFL contenders and their weaknesses. This is an article uh, on ESPN uh, here, Mr. Carter, and I thought it was interesting what they said about the Steelers. Yeah. Let me let me give you let me g- let you guess first, okay? Um, you know, if you were a national writer for ESPN, this is written by Bill Barnwell, mm-hmm. a guy who's been around covering football for a lot like longer than I've been alive. Um, from a national perspective, what would you guess they say the one Achilles heel is for the Steelers as it relates to their status as a Super Bowl contender? What do you think they have written down here? Right tackle. Right tackle. Look at you. I, I totally peeked. <laughs> I've been looking at this article for the past ten minutes, Wes. I'm sorry, I cheated. <laughs> now see, I, I'm looking at most of these too, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be like a starting position, okay? So is that would that have been your answer? No, so my don't answer, think, my, if I, think I was, mine my would be depth at linebacker. Yes, de- depth at both linebacker, both interior depth at, and depth on the at edge. Safety at safety. Um, really you know, at every defensive position except for
2: cornerback. Right, you know that that would have been my question is if someone goes down there, you know, depth at quarterback, you
1: know, or just a, the existence sure. of the quarterback position. And now you that's see. a concern that almost every team in the NFL has as well. too. Very true. Sure. Behind right. their top guy, but no, right. you're right. Right tackle, I don't know, man. Everything I've heard, and again, grain of salt, because. This is usually a training camp. It's more positivity than negativity. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a normal training camp where we've been able to sit there every day and watch three-hour practices. It's, it's limited. But uh, maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong. Everything that I've heard about both Chooks and Banner yeah. has been good, has been has positive. Been I've even had some people tell me that, you know what? If Big Al struggles at some point this season, it wouldn't shock me if Chooks and Banner ended up being the two tackles. Now,
2: Dale Lawley's told me that specifically. Yeah, and so you're, you're going to get to hear him later today on this very on this very station. I yeah, I
1: yeah, I don't know how I buy right tackle for the the Steelers' Achilles heel in yeah, terms I don't know of if it's their an status. Achilles is. Right. Well, that, I mean that, that's what the you know what I mean that's the yeah, title that's of the, the, yeah, that's, of of that's, the, the of that's what they're saying of the article. Yeah, and
2: and I, I get and I get it's tough to do these national articles when you got to cover so many different things, and I understand that. But but you know an Achilles' heel would be it just you know what it was last year. It Gets hurt, you know. Just the de- like you said, the depth <laughs> situation. What, what I find so interesting about the Steelers' roster this year is that their Achilles' heel in the past, over the past decade, was losing a superstar player. They lost Antonio Brown. If they lost Le'Veon Bell, if they lost Ben, ben Roethlisberger, they were in a they were in a hurt piece because they were a very top heavy roster. They had superstars up at the top. Then they had a couple leaders, and then they had mediocre players all over the place. Now they've got a bunch of superstars. They've got a bunch of but- leaders. Then they have a bunch of budding up-and-comers. They you you have to go around to the spot like before on the Steelers defense. You could look at Artie Burns, Cody Sensabaugh, Mike Mitchell, Sean Davis, and be like, you know, none of those guys stand out to you as like, hey, they're they're primo guys that right. we can count on to be playmakers every single game. You know, they're guys that you got to they, They're a question mark there. Um, you are not. You don't have a question mark around Joe Hayden or Mike Fitzpatrick. No, you do not. Um, or Steven or, Nelson. Or Steven Nelson. Yeah. You don't have a question mark around T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward. The,
1: uh, this is the... Maybe that's not fair. I was going to... You know what? I will say this. Uh, Chris, I'm 29 years old. Yeah. Right? So I have been, you know, probably since I was about 13, I think it's safe to say, when I would really consider myself a true Steelers fan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Growing up, I was a Steelers fan. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I'm not sitting there pulling my hair out in the fourth quarter of a one-score game when right. I'm 11 years old. You know what I mean? I feel like 13, I I, four, was. <laughs> I feel like around age 13 was when I really started to get emotionally invested. You know what I mean? To really care. Like when you get into middle school and you start to get into sports yourself and you start to understand the games mm-hmm. more, I think certainly from a starter's perspective, this is, I mean, the fewest amount of questions the Steelers have had on defense, certainly in the secondary in my lifetime. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, what's our biggest question mark? Terrell Edmonds? Terrell Edmonds. That's, yeah, your that's your question biggest question mark? That's your biggest question mark, right. The guy who's led the team in tackles and played more snaps than anybody else the last two years? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good question mark. Yep, I mean, that's a pretty doggone thing to have. And here's the thing is that Terrell
2: Edmonds still wipes out a huge weakness that that the Steelers had, which was covering tight ends. He can bump and run with people and, and, and challenge it. Like I remember the touchdown that, that DK Metcalf scored over him in Week 2 against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I saw so many people that were you know pretend analysts that were like, oh, look at this horrible coverage here. There's, you know, Everyone should have made that play. I'm like, do you understand that D.K. Metcalf was in, was in the perfect position, that Terrell Edmonds was right in his chest pocket or his hip pocket and then went up to challenge the ball, and Russell Wilson, who arguably could be the best quarterback in football right now. I would say so. Placed it on the outside shoulder that there was nothing that Terrell Edmonds could have physically done to break up that pass other than commit pass interference you know, or hope that or hope that DK Metcalf doesn't pull it down. You know, there are certain plays that there is a perfect throw and you can't do anything with, and that was one of them. Now are there other moments where Terrell Edmonds does mess up? Yup. There's times that he should come down with an interception where he misplays a ball on occasion. But by, at the same time, it's like there's certain things that I think that people just get mad about because they're mad about the re- result and then they just say, oh, he stinks. No. Sometimes you have to acknowledge the other team does well. And I think that it happens a lot more with Terrell Edmonds than what people want to admit. What Terrell does very good with is when a receiver runs a drag route across the middle of the field, and he sees that, he's able to just charge and like yeah. close that speed extremely quickly, and with his size, he can bring them down pretty easily. And he takes away a lot of those plays that are designed two-yard right. drag routes, right. but they often break for 18, 20 yards because the person who was covering them was too slow, and now you got this speedy receiver uh, just mm-hmm. running up the middle of your defense. Terrell Edmonds does a lot of those
1: things, and if that's your biggest question mark, I think that's a very good situation. I'm with you, too. Uh, Speaking of safety and question mark, um, of these 20 teams that could win the Super Bowl in their biggest Achilles heel article, uh, the Ravens obviously are listed on here. The Browns are listed as one of the 20 teams as well, too. The Achilles heel for both, safety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But who should be more concerned in that? I think we probably both would agree the Ravens have a lot less question marks than the Browns do. Absolutely. But as it relates just to the safety position right now, who... uh, <laughs> who's more? Uh, who's more concerned? I mean, I,
2: I'd be looking at the Browns with with uh, Andrews and Dale as as their supposed starter. Now they, they could they, still make a move. They they did talk. Yeah, they did talk about that. They were. Um, you know when they were when they were talking about bringing in Carl Joseph, but they were expect, expecting Grant Delpit to do something this year. And I mean, Grant
1: Delpit was a heck of a draft pick in the second round. I was, he was. Like, if he would have came out a year earlier, he would have been a top ten pick.
2: Yep, and, and that's unfortunate for him. But um, but you know, losing Grant Delpit right now, I mean that that's a huge plug. And they they gave up a big parts of the middle of their defense. Uh, you know, Joe Schobert, who was their best linebacker last year. Um. Yeah. He. He. They let him go, and now he's somewhere else. Uh. And then. Uh, help me out. Mac Wilson. Yes. He, it looks like he might be not playing this year. I. Nope. I haven't seen the full details. Yeah.
1: Joe Schobert is in Jacksonville now. Right? I believe. Yeah. And Wilson. Yeah. I, I think his status is still up in the air. Yeah. Because he
2: had to get carted off in practice a week or two ago, and Correct. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. I think so, they
1: said that he's just going to be a week to week evaluation. Yeah. Which well, is AKA we don't know. You know. He could be out two weeks. He could be on yeah. twelve
2: weeks. Right. So. Um, you know, so there's a lot of questions about the middle of that defense. And the Ravens have questions in the middle of that defense too. You know, they they, you know, CJ Mosley they let it go a year ago. They really haven't replaced him yet. Um, so, you know, Earl Thomas missing I think puts them in a different situation. Now, I'll say this though, the Ravens' cornerback situation might give them some stability that they can just focus on the middle yeah. of the field because now it's like, okay, it's you got Marlon Humphrey, you got Jimmy Smith, you got Marcus Peters, you got guys that you can say, we can line up and put them on islands, and if we lose to them with them on islands, we lose with them on islands. But
1: we're going to win but, more often than not. Right,
2: yeah. and we can focus to the middle of the field. The, the Browns, they do have Denzel Ward, but – Still want to see more out of him. They do have uh, Greedy Williams, mm-hmm. um, but you still, still want to see more out of him. Yep. I don't think they're as solidified at the cornerback position. No. And that's where the Far Ravens I think will have that advantage. Um and, and you know, I want to see what both of these front front uh, front sevens do because you know you got Miles Garrett uh, for the Browns, but you got to see how he bounces back after you know him attacking Mason Ruff with a helmet, uh, and you got Calais Campbell with the Ravens. So um, lots of questions there. But I, I, if I leaned to who was who's which which safety position was more of an Achilles heel, I'd say the Browns, simply because I think yeah. the Ravens do a very good job of covering up their holes. They're a lot like the Steelers with how they operate. They they, they 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 know their weaknesses. They 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 try to build to protect them, and they they have a good system in place, which is why they're always competitive.
1: I concur. Chris Carter, he is uh, sitting in all week for Arthur Motes. Find him on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. You can tweet me, at Wesley Euler. We'll get to your tweets in about 20 minutes here, but on the other side, Jerry O, we've talked a lot about Steelers linebackers on the show today. Why don't we hear from the man who coaches the Steelers linebackers? We will do that when we return. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This
0: is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wesley Euler, Christopher Carter in with you on this Monday on SNR. About another half an hour to go here before we turn things over to Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, and Mike Pursuta. Before we uh, close out with your tweets, your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions on the other side, I wanted to get to Jerry O. Jerry O. Steelers linebackers coach. He, just one, if you're not familiar with this guy, he is a character, and I mean that in the best way. He's a character like Chris and I are characters. He likes to laugh. He likes to have fun. <laughs> um, and he's just always an interesting conversation. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? There are certain athletes and certain coaches that, you know, when they... Speak to the media, it's kind of like pulling teeth. And I don't knock those guys for that, all right? I I imagine that if I was somebody who had all kinds of microphones and cameras shoved in my face all the time, I wouldn't always be hunky-dory about it either. But we certainly do appreciate those people as well, the ones who have fun, who are lively, who you know don't necessarily just give canned, cliche answers uh, in their interviews. And Jerry O is certainly, uh, certainly one of those it talks about uh guys like Devin Bush and, and some of the pedigree linebackers uh and their development and also some of the younger guys right that we're not getting as much chance to see with with training camp and preseason as we normally would in their development a whole lot here from Jerry O earlier today
0: uh Jerry I was just uh, wondering in, in terms of uh your inside linebacker position uh is is Ulysses showing you enough that that he can be the that
10: guy who can play either spot inside? Uh, yes, he is. He uh, He's done a very good job at learning both spots. And, uh, you know, he's done that out there on the field with the calls and things like that. Now, he, he has a, a long way to go, uh, you know, just in general because of last year, but uh, I like his trajectory.
7: All right, we'll move first, on to Zorok Trias.
8: ESPN. Hey Jerry, I uh, was wondering about Devin Bush, um, specifically how much throughout the course of last year did Ryan Chazier help him develop uh, as a mentor? And also how how challenging is it, you know, not having Ryan Chazier around during this training camp to kind of help those guys along just because of all the COVID restrictions?
10: Uh, Ryan did a great job last year. You know, he would, uh, you know, a, a, a player like Ryan puts in different, different pieces to the puzzle a lot. And so it's hard to quantify exactly what he did. But, you know, when you have a, a guy there and say, hey, that used to happen to me, and this is what I did to overcome it, that really helps because you, you know how successful Ryan is. And, and you're like, oh, I'm glad somebody else uh, went through this. So, uh, as I said, it's hard to quantify the impact that Ryan had uh, last year only because it was so varied, you know, he, he was great to have around. Um, what was your second part of the question?
8: Uh, sorry, second part was just, you know, how difficult is it to not, or how much of a change is it to not be able to have him around during training camp because of the COVID restrictions?
10: Uh, it, it's really, it's really hard to ha- not have him around. I, I think about him every day, uh, you know, and, I have to send a text to him. I haven't, uh, but, you know, I go out there and then I, I see a picture or something from, from years past or a clip from years past. And, uh, you know, I'm really like, damn, I miss him. You know what I mean? Because, you know, besides Ryan's or past Ryan's football ability and how well he played football, he was just, he was just great to be around, you know, and, uh, uh, you know that that's that's hard because we got a lot of good guys in our locker room and it's nice. You know Cam and Vince and Minka and, and Ben and all and all the guys. You know they they form a good uh, a good group uh, and Ryan's an important part of that group because you know he just does stuff and you know we can laugh at him sometimes and then he laughs at us and, and it's it's a big part of the team. So me personally, uh, I miss him a lot because uh, just because of the the person he is we'll move on to mike prezuda mike go ahead weird no uh no uh replies mike what's up Gary, how you doing come Um, on let's get this thing going uh i just jumped on here Uh, you're early so i'm late but uh
7: devin bush has talked a lot about being better in a lot of areas uh he's not any taller from what i can tell how's he handle pass coverage
10: Well, uh, well, I think if we look at last year, and he had a pick on a six-eight guy, and uh, he ran down the field on uh, the guy from Cincinnati, and and got the ball out for Mika. I think he does really well in pass coverage. You know, uh, I, I don't, you know, like th- that the word you used to describe him. I, I do not use in my vocabulary when I talk to him. Okay, he he's a he's a great player. You know, he could jump, you know, 40 inches. So that covers a lot of area. You know, he could fill up the space. And that's what I try to get him to do is say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing. Okay, we're going to maximize your talent. Okay, regardless of what governor somebody tries to put on you. And Mike, I'm not saying that you're putting a governor on him, but I I don't I, I can't even entertain that because that's, you know, that's just how I am. See, there's right. no give back here. Are you guys recording this? Yes. And you got to keep them on there for a while, so I could, I could have the give and take. Try to get everybody in. We'll go on to Tim Benz. Tim, Tim Benz. On. Jerry, hi. How you doing? I'm great. How are you?
7: Good. Hey, um, as far as the notion of safeties playing inside linebacker, um, and maybe having to do some of that based on numbers and. Uh, some of your defensive packages. Where are you in teaching those guys and what are the most inherent challenges to them doing that uh position switch?
10: Well, the the biggest thing is if if you're if you like playing football, how much you like hitting people? Okay, so if you like hitting people, I I assume you're referring to Marcus Allen. Marcus likes hitting people, so playing linebacker is no problem for him. Now, he doesn't have – he hasn't done any a lot of drills over his lifetime to play linebacker, but uh, he's doing a fine job. And, uh, you know, bringing uh, Marcus into my room really pumped up the room. You know, it, it got all the other guys excited. Uh, it, I think it got the defense as a whole excited because now you get to see a guy and say, wow, that guy really can do some stuff. And so um, – you know, there's things inherently wrong, but you know, the the hardest thing about football is running into people and Marcus has no problem doing that. So I have no problem coaching. him.
7: Let's go to Will Graves. Will, go ahead.
10: Will Graves. Hey coach. We
7: need to get coach Daniels to bring this kind of energy to his zoom meetings with us. Ah! I'm loving
10: it. Uh, You should see coach uh, JD on the field. He brings plenty of energy. Don't be (laughs) because of his energy.
7: You know, what, what has allowed Vince to sort of stick around? It's and like this circle of,
10: of psychology that I have looking at me. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this, but anyway, what was your question?
7: I said, what is it about, you know, Vince that has allowed him to sort of uh, stick around this long? And it, a guy, six-round guys usually don't have seven, eight, nine, ten-year careers, you know, and what does he bring to your group? Specific- Vince is a professional. You- Go ahead.
10: Vince is a professional, just like Dr. Bradley is a professional, and Lawyers are professionals. Vince is a professional, okay? And if you would, every year he does something different and he comes back and people are like, well, Vince should be gone this year because he's not, and he comes back and not only is he the same, but he's acquired another skill. So people people don't understand. You know, Vince Williams is a very intelligent person. He has an English degree from... Florida state, you know what I mean? He's got three kids. His wife really helps him out, you know? So those are just the person that Vince is. And that's why on the field, you know, he always sticks around because he loves playing football and he says he recognized his weaknesses and he goes after them with a vengeance and he gets those weaknesses thrown away. Like if this was, you know, eight years ago, you know, we'd say, well, Vince is going to play four years and then go away. Well, that's not the same, Vince. Okay. His his person is the same, but the football player has gotten a lot better because in his downtime he's uh really improved himself. I, I tell Vince all the time, I wish I was like him. Okay, I would have played much longer because in the offseason I didn't really have that focus and where I didn't have, you know, I had the drive to play and things, but To go in search of things and find different people to help me, I I didn't really do that. You know, football was different back then. And so, uh, you know, people could keep knocking on Vince. He's going to laugh all the way to a very long, successful NFL career. All right, Brian Bacco. Brian, go ahead. A little little, uh, confrontational here. All right.
6: right. Um, I don't know what I'm walking into here, but good morning. Watch Uh, out. Um, when we uh, talked to Keith she, early in camp about the uh the inside linebacker position, he said, uh, you know, can
10: you start again?
6: Yeah, can you hear me now?
10: Yes. I could hear All you right, hear when before we, I wasn't listening.
6: <laughs> when we talked to Keith early in camp about uh the inside linebacker position specifically, he said communication was an issue at times last year and that playing Vince Moore should help with that. I mean, was was a lot of that a factor of just having two new guys playing so much in, in Devin and Mark. And in that vein, have you guys decided who's going to wear that coveted green dot in 2020?
10: Uh, the green dot is, is still up for grabs. Uh, that's uh, that's for the Coach Tomlin interview. I don't control the green dot. But, uh, you know, communication is very important uh, on the football field. And the better you could do it from the front to the back is what's so important. And, and that's where – some things were lacking. And also when you look at the offense, offenses have been changing where they, um, they do things to screw with your communication. And we weren't, we didn't do a good job with our, our second communication. You know, we could get the defense set, but then after they started moving, things, things were different. You know, we had a lot of uh, new players. You know, if I think about San Francisco, Mika was there for, you know, about forty-eight hours, he was with our team, and and so to have that cohesion is is really hard. It, it it does take you know very good communicators at all at all three levels, but it also takes some practice. You know, so when you when you think about you know Minka shows up in San Francisco and we start playing, and for Edmonds has to adjust, and my guys have to adjust, and Vince wasn't dri- playing that game. You know, there was there's a lot of uh, unknown there going into a game and when you're a player you like to go into the game and say okay I know who I'm working with I'm going to be talking to Mike or I'm going to be talking to Angela and and that's how the game goes Uh, you know so that that's a very complex thing and even Ryan uh, it took him a while it probably took him you know one year to get over you know abrasiveness by veteran players then it took him another year to find his voice and then by the third year, then he was a coach on the field. You know, so it, that that's that's not an easy transition. Some people uh, just naturally do it. You know, like I tell my guys, I, I have a good voice and I can talk, and and they know that when I talk, you know, they're going to listen, but just because of the energy I bring out of my voice, and and that's that's something we work on. You know, uh, just getting them to do it, and, and then they got to go on the field. And they're thinking about running into people, and, and they got to remember to talk. So uh, it's it's a uh, it's a process, but it, it's a process every year for every football team. And I think we're progressing well there.
4: All right, we got time for one more. We'll and go to Bo. Bar- it's going to Bar- be the last. Bo, go ahead.
10: This is recorded, so all these goofy faces <laughs> I'm making are going to be. <laughs> Good morning, Coach. all right
7: Bo what's up let's go what's up man hey uh when's the last time you were at the NVR club and uh in terms of this linebacker crew and piggybacking on uh Marcus Allen earlier you're talking about that energy um what is his personality and why does he have that energy
10: uh I don't know what his personality is okay but he's a high energy uh football playing son of a gun you know some people would say and, and that's what you like you know, I think that's probably why we drafted him. You know, we, tr- we thought, you know, he played safety in college and things like that. But, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I remember when I got in the league, they said it takes a couple years for some players to develop. And, and that's, you know, hopefully what we're seeing right now. We're going to see Marcus in his third year really develop into a real professional. You know, I talked about Vince earlier as being professional. OK, Devin, as young as he is, does some very professional things on the field. And that's why he makes plays like that. Vince does professional things off the field. Marcus has a very professional attitude. OK, whereas he's going to go and run into people and you, that, you can't have enough of those guys on the football team. I, I'm, I'm so happy to have him in my room. It's, it's not it's not even funny. Maybe that's where I get some of my energy from. But uh you know, he's really, I don't know if I've answered your question, but I gave you a lot of good words there. But, uh, you know, Marcus is, and my whole room is good. You know, Robert Spillane, he's a demon. Uh, Julie is fast. You know, he's learning the defense. He knows the defense. He's just learning the little intricacies of the defense. You know, like people would ask me, wait, well, how, how do you do that? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. That's just what I do. That's an in- intricacy that I have to teach my guys. Okay, not that I want them to play like me, not that they can play like me, but they could play. I want them to play better than me. They're, they're faster than me. They're bigger than me. They're stronger than me. So all these little things when I watch football and I say, oh, I wish I would do it that way. That's what I have to teach them. Okay. So Marcus, you know, it's a new room, but he's done a great job. He, he knows what he's supposed to do if he was playing safety and he knows what the linebackers are doing based on that knowledge. Okay. So, uh, you know, the pandemic really, you know, we missed, we missed 2,000 snaps. So when you think of that, that's really two football seasons, okay? So I tell that to my guys all the time. I say, listen, we're missing two football seasons, okay? We think about Lawrence Timmons. Lawrence Timmons played 1,000 snaps a season. So think of all those plays that Lawrence made in two years. We missed all those. So I got to get my information to these guys and, and maybe that's why I bring more energy. You know, if I was at the MVR club, okay. uh, I'd have some good pasta with the Cassises because they're really great people. Uh, I miss Carmen, uh, but Joey and uh, Frankie are great people. And uh, you know, there's a lot of great places in Youngstown to eat, uh, Italian food. I was up there a while ago for my mom's funeral and uh, I thought about places, good places to stop and the MVR was, was actually one of them. So, uh,
1: That was always a fun interview. Jerry O., Steelers linebacker coach, talking about a whole bunch of different things. I mean, talking a little trash with some of the media members there in a fun way, of course. Uh, great stuff from him. A reminder, all the audio we play you, Steelers training Camp media availabilities, presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Carter, Wesley Euler, It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. One more segment to go before we turn things over to Lolly Williamson and Pursuta. So you know what that means, or at least you should, knuckleheads. It's time to get those tweets in. Tweet now or forever hold your peace for the next 21 hours. (laughs) At Wesley Euler, at Carter Critiques, we will wrap up with your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions on the other side. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: When you hear the Ico Ico, that can only mean one thing. It's time to wrap up the show with your reaction on the the twitter.com. Let's get right into it. Richard chimes in here. He says, Wes, tell Chris Carter that if he... His- <laughs> He is in for Arthur Motes to body all week. That is coach says the standard is the standard. Let's carry my man's weight. We will be listening, LOL. I mean, the people, you know, they're they're what? they're expecting what? great things from Chris what? Carter. What do you
2: think I what do you think I'm doing here? I'm, I'm 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 here. I'm holding the standard as the standard. Man, this is this is like this is like, oh, you lost Joy Porter. Guess what? Here comes
1: James Harrison.
2: <laughs> we're doing this, we're doing this big out here, baby.
1: Come on now. Right. I mean, they should know, obviously, if you've made it to this point. You know, you are up to standard. Yes, sir. Thank you. There's a reason why, and Richard is one of our loyal listeners, so he knows this. Motes and I joke, right, we only have two good friends on this show. Mm -hmm. It's Jordan Dangerfield and it's Brian Mm Batko. But Chris, now see, he's – I mean, this is probably what – I'd say at least your fifth time co-hosting the show with me.
2: Oh, more than that. We've, yeah. I did it at least, I think I did it at least like six times with you
1: last year. Okay, so we're, we're getting close to double digits yeah. here, I, w- I would say. The times that you and I have done this show together. So it's actually funny, I forget who, but somebody tweeted me earlier and i was trying to find it here cam tweeted me earlier asking if uh if chris is a good friend of the show uh no chris sorry you're not oh. he's more than that yeah he's family of the show yes, so sir. that's why all right if you hear us talking about our two good friends of the show brian Bacco and jordan dangerfield it chris is not that chris isn't a friend he's a friend too obviously but he's family at this point baby appreciate you bro Thrash says here, psyched to be hearing Chris on the mic again. I was kind of hoping he'd be filling in this week while Mozi was on vacation. And then he says, "Sorry, Adam Crowley, you're still a solid guy." <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sorry.
2: I'll, I'll be on with him actually after this. So, oh, sh-
1: you you know what? Plug it. Yeah, six yeah, o'clock. Six, so like six, ten six o'clock. Ten minutes. Yeah,
2: ten minutes. If if, if you want to keep hearing talking guy in show business, I'm, I'm trying, right. man. I'm trying, man. And after that, you got you got this podcast, that podcast, doing everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, but seriously, turn on the Adam Crowley show as soon as this is over. Well, don't no, don't don't go. Away. Because because dalen Dale might matter doing that That's but right. if you want to hear me you well, the, for 10 minutes for 10 minutes come back i then come right back here i'll be on with adam crowley talking about stuff from over the weekend with the steelers
1: i love it i love it um and last one here mav says you and chris are killing it today nice work appreciating it by the way appreciate the parlay outstanding let's go <laughs> let's go islanders <laughs> so on the uh you know, on Fridays yeah. we we do a little, you know, show me the money, the yeah. little, the you know, the Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire, and we make our picks for for sports betting for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I told everybody to parlay the island the Islanders and the Tampa Bay, okay. uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning to beat the Bruins and beat the Flyers because mm-hmm. Chris knows. Now, Chris isn't the biggest hockey guy. He does know about Corsi. Yes. He's not not the biggest hockey guy, but Chris knows one thing, even if anybody in Pittsburgh who isn't the biggest hockey guy, we got no love for those Boston Bruins. No. We got no love for those Philadelphia Flyers, certainly. Yeah. So to see them both lose... And to see all of us who bet on that triple their money in the process, yeah, that was a good Saturday.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, believe me, I've been, I've been watching people. I saw people celebrating when the Maple Leafs got eliminated, <laughs> then I, I, then, and now we're talking about the Bruins and the Flyers. I mean, those are the two, those are the two arch um, never mm-hmm. Nemesis, that's, that's the plural for nemesis, okay.
1: y'all. I like it. Um, that'll do it for today's show. Like I said, Chris is rocking with us all week here, so you'll be hearing plenty more of him, but. For the people that might have uh, just been introduced for, uh, to you today, for those who might not be familiar with Chris Carter, plug it, baby. Where can they find you? Where can they find your work? Well, you know, I'm the pit beat writer for dkpittsburghsports.com. I'm
2: also their Steelers analyst, so I'll, I drop I drop content on there all the time, writing all the time. Got a piece up on the on the unfortunate passing of Demetrius Gore, mm-hmm. 80s pit basketball star, right now. Um, also, you know, I cover I cover the Steelers with them. I'm also the uh, the host of uh, the co-host with Dale Lolly for the DK Steelers podcast. So if you yep. like hearing Dale, you like hearing me. Go subscribe to DK's, DK's uh, PittsburghSports.com's podcast network. That's how you. That's how you can get all of us stuff, including the Pirates and the Penguins and DK himself. There, you can also find me as the host of the Locked On Steelers oh, yeah. podcast, where I get I do that I do that as well. So you get you get dosage of me you working Adam with Trowley other people. and I on
1: there from time to time. Yes, too. these
2: guys are these guys are great guests. If you ever get a chance, check us out. There's so much great content out there. Just glad to be a part of it. Glad to be back here on SNR.
1: Me too, buddy. It's going to be a fun week. That will do it for us today. Let's hit the music and get out of here. Again, up next, you got the training camp report. It's Lolly, Williamson, and Pursuta for two more hours of good Steelers coverage. Chris and I will be back tomorrow. He's rocking with us all week. You know when to find us. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And as always, same time, same place, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.
2: Yeah, take the dairy, yeah